Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves the experience of cracking them open or you love the convenience of no-shell pistachios like myself, Wonderful Pistachios is the perfect healthy snack for when hunger strikes. And there are a bunch of tasty flavors to choose from too, like honey roasted, smoky barbecue, jalapeno lime, and more. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good morning, everybody. Guess what today is? Oh. It's hump day. Play my video. Run my video, BC. I Mike, know Mike, you. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> Leslie, guess what today is? No, it's hump it's day. day. Woo-hoo! <laughs> yeah, but it's hump day. I feel like hump day is middle of the work week. I mean, for us, we're on Monday through Thursday. Right. But for most people, it's their middle of the week. I think you could still consider this the middle of our week, even though, whatever the case may be. I feel like it just sets things into motion. It just, you know, uplifts you middle of the week. You know, it's been a long week. It seems like the days are dragging. It's just, I like it. I like it. And look, I also like, guys, we have a new set. How do you guys feel about the new set? We have a table. We have, we have, um... We look like new this. lights. We have two new lights. We do. We have two new lights. It's, it's yeah. a new setup. How are you guys feeling right. about it? Definitely in the chat. Let us know how you guys are digging. I feel like we're kind of far from each other. No, it's about the same distance. Look, Is it's it? actually closer because look, I can touch you. I feel like you could. have. OK, well, whatever the case may be, we have I just said something, though. What? You're coming in very chill, very zen. Uh-huh. Um, but I feel like you might take it up a notch today. I need my sage just in case. I might have to sage her. her I can't no, I actually, I actually sprayed myself with my aura protection spray and and meditated and just you know said my affirmations and my mantra and I'm good to go. Let me ask you right this. here in my bubble. We are we are cleansed. We are positive. Did you we do are... that because of our conversation last night, one in the morning? No, I just. <laughs> Well, in part, yes. Um, But also, like, I don't know. I don't know if, like, you get these, like, moments in your life. But, like, for me, I don't know. Some days the energy just overall just feel like I feel it more. Yeah. Like, it feels heavier. It It feels like. Today is a full moon. It's a blue moon. It's a blue moon. It's not really blue. It's just super bright. The last blue moon until 2037. So, if you guys have a chance. To go and um, check it out, just lay outside in your backyard or wherever outside and check it out. It's gonna be the last one until 2037. Well, listen, I have I, I knew nothing about moons. I'm not into that. I'm not into signs. No, nothing. I moved on this little island uh, not too long ago, and one night I was walk, walking on a beach, and it was a full moon, and uh, I start looking into it, and it was extremely powerful. And you're talking about energy. That's why I asked. Like, and, mm-hmm. but I still don't know anything. Mm-hmm. Um, the last couple of nights I've been sleeping here in the uh, in the studio in the facility, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna go home tonight. 
Because if you're saying it's a blue moon and it's the last one until 2037, 2037 this mm-hmm. is going to be amazing. I feel like I'm in the perfect spot in South Florida to see the moon. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's 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 going to be really cool. So you have a chance to check it out. Check it out. Obviously, we are sending our love and prayers to everybody on the west coast of Florida and in the panhandle, Georgia, as uh, there is a hurricane currently going on. So I hope everybody, their family, their pets, their homes are safe. And um, we have a really dope show today. We are interviewing Caleb Plant. He's going to come and join us. Yeah. And I, I feel like all of our... Uh, fighting fans are going to enjoy that. We'll be able to dive into some of the stuff you were talking about that you witnessed and that you spoke about um, your time in Vegas. Mm. And there's a lot of... He slapped my dog. Just say it. He slapped my dog. (laughs) And this is going to be interesting. I might... I don't know... I don't know how uh, the Charlo brothers are going to feel about this, right? Because I got a job to do. I mean, So, like, we sat down with them. You know, they're... they're, I don't know what's going on with my mic. Uh, They're they're my people. Uh Uh-huh. Um... And now we got Caleb. So it's almost like, look, Caleb's a nice guy. I really he is. Like I've interviewed him a few times. But is it like, am I sitting down with the ops? No. I'm not. Am I good? It's not here? your fight. Stay out of it. We got okay. enough. We have enough problems. <laughs> okay. um, we also are going to be diving into a lot of NFL news. Heavy NFL show today. Obviously, yesterday mm. was cut day. Some breaking news. Some guys, big name guys, aren't going to be playing or are available for the start of the season. Some... Other news in terms of cuts and and team captains. And the most breaking news that I think came out of yesterday that we're going to dive into right now is Jonathan Taylor is to remain with the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts did not find what they felt was a, quote, fair value offer for Jonathan Taylor, and they are not trading their all-pro running back today, meaning yesterday, sources told ESPN. Now, the unfortunate part about this whole situation is that with no trade happening for Jonathan Taylor, he is now expected to remain on the physically unable to perform list, the PUP list, making him ineligible for the first four games of the Colts season. So that is going to be the game against the Jaguars, Houston, Baltimore, and the Rams. Brandon, I, I know you have I know you have opinions. So Yeah. Um player vote. Player versus owner, Taylor versus Ursay. Mm-hmm. The owner always wins. The owner always wins because we take it too personal. Now, this fight isn't over mm-hmm. because Jonathan Taylor still isn't there. Uh, he won't be contributing, right? And we don't know where his mindset is. We haven't heard from him, mm-hmm. right? Um but this just shows that, like, as players, we got we have to do a better job of understanding the, how to approach the business side. Right. You know, Saquon Barkley, he's go, he's going back and forth with the Giants for a year, for a year, right? And nothing gets done. If Saquon Barkley maybe got a little messy, if Saquon Barkley may have said some stuff uh, publicly uh, sooner, not going, not not a month before the uh, the the deadline to get a deal done, mm-hmm. what could have happened, right? Jonathan Taylor, the same thing, and I say that like, I say that because sometimes I feel Ashley in, in this setting like they use the business around football. To, to gain the leverage and the momentum at the table, right? The owners do. Right. Because they know it's about being professional. Uh, you got to say the right things. So they can play hardball. They can say, we're not doing anything. We're not trading you. We're not paying you. And they just sit back on some savage stuff. Mm-hmm. 
And the player got to sit there and got to navigate through it. Right. What if the player just says, you know what? F you, F this organization, you know, I'm out of here, right? Like, you, it's, either, it's either that or you pay me. What could happen? But we're afraid to, you know, get there. We're afraid to go there. Now, sometimes I think you need to go there. Uh, the last thing I would say um, is they never intended on tra- trading uh, Jonathan Taylor. Um, this was all semantics. Uh, this was an opportunity not only for Ursay because I think that all of the owners uh, mm-hmm. uh, are, are part of this, understanding the market. It was like, yeah, go out there. Go see the market. Go see the market. They control the market. But Nobody's going to get more money. Like you saw a guy go out to uh, Josh Jacobs. Uh-huh. He had the same type of fight. Josh Jacobs get a deal that could be worth up to $12 million, right? They're not even yeah. getting close to the Alvin Kamaras. They're not even getting close to the Christian McCaffrey's. They're not even getting close to uh, 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 King Henry, right? Like this market is upside down. And even if he was to get traded, what was the Miami Dolphins going to do? You think uh, what Stephen Ross and Coach McDaniels and the general manager over there, Mr. Greer, going to go out there and say, oh, we're going to be the team to pay him $14, $15 million on a, a, a long-term deal? Hell no. Hell no. So he still was going to be in a lose-lose situation. Right. Um, I guess my question is, is that I understand the concept of the owners always winning and I understand the concept of they were never going to go ahead and trade Jonathan Taylor. Do I agree with that? That's more than likely the probability of what the, what the situation was, right? My pushback on that, and it's almost this, it almost like relies or lies within the saying, don't cut off your nose to spite your face. You went ahead and allowed your player to entertain up the possibility of a trade, knowing in the back of your mind that you probably weren't going to trade him regardless, but you basically said, you called his bluff and said, go ahead, test the market (laughs) if you want to. And now you're out your star running back for four games. So you screwed yourself in the process. Right. Well, no, they didn't. What do you mean they didn't? No, they didn't. Think about it. it. You saw this yesterday. And this may be, I don't know if this is the first time the league has ever seen this. They have no one on their roster older than 30. Okay. No one. They just drafted a young quarterback. Right. He has the ball. He's the one that's going to lead this franchise to, you know, back to prominence. What does that tell you? That they're not going out there trying to win a championship right now. So John, with Jonathan Taylor or not, they're still going to be on track to accomplish what they want to accomplish. Don't you still want to win games? You you want to? I think they want to develop. Right. And I don't. I, you, yes, you, you want to win games. I don't think they're they're in a situation to tank. I think this is a team that could potentially come out and then be like, damn, we are better than what we thought. But the way they're set up and the way they're doing business right now, Ashley tells me that they're they're all about developing. They're looking at this as they probably have a two to three year plan with this young quarterback, with this nucleus around them, and all this youth. We're going to be in position to be a really good team in two three years. Similar like basketball, right? Mm-hmm. More parity in the NBA right now. So the Sacramento Kings, like the the teams that uh, built it from within or built it from the draft, right? They're not going out there saying we got to put together these big three. They're not going out there saying we got to have right. all these superstars. And that's what I see uh, uh, the Indianapolis Colts doing. No, I mean, I definitely hear you. I just think that regardless, the NFL, you win games. It, it, you, you, you go out there to compete. You go out there to win. Now, if you go out there to win a Super Bowl, it's different depending on where your organization is at, at that moment in time. But I just feel like this was kind of an idiotic 
um, chess move to make, if you will, because, yeah, you went ahead and allowed your running back to test the market, knowing there was going to be no market, knowing that no trade was going to go ahead and um, spike your interest enough to actually move him. You were going to want a bunch for him, rightfully so. You weren't going to get that. You weren't going to agree to terms and you were going to end up in this situation. But I just feel like now you're without him for four games. It just seemed like what was the reason? Yeah. At least what was the reason this close to the deadline? Had they done this earlier in the offseason? Okay, maybe well, whatever. There's no skin off your back at the end of the day because the the right the start of the season is so far in the in the future. But you did this with like three weeks to go before the season. It right. seems idiotic that you just kind of. It's, but it's not though. Let, remember what I said about business earlier. So there's uh, success now, and then there's sustain, sustained success. Mm-hmm. So whether it's uh, the team going out there winning, it's the NFL, it's the business around it. These. Players, the average career of a player is three years. I think that's what they, they, they're they still saying, mm-hmm. right? What's the average career of an owner? How 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 long are they owning these teams or their families owning teams? The, the, the McCaskies, how long have they – their father damn near started the NFL, okay? George Hallis. And then you have the Roonies. How long have they been owners? Right, and you can go on and on and on from team to team. So they have to look at this from you know the here and now to also what does the NFL, what does their team look like five, 10, 15, 20 years from now? Yeah, the next CBA, 10 years from now. I signed in on a case study where they're talking about the NFL media's plan. They said, We're on a 10 year plan. Why did we do this deal with Amazon? Why did we do this deal with Twitter? Because this is where we see. The media space going is going from a traditional CBS, uh, ESPN model to more every going online, right? And so I'm saying that, and I'm on a little bit of rant because you know I'm passionate about business. That's fine. Moss, That's totally Marshall, fine. I am trying to Faction fix my Talk, iPad anyway. Channel Go ahead. Channel 103, Sirius XM, but they're thinking about the market in the business, and this is this was the perfect setup for the Indianapolis Colts because the Indianapolis Colts. Every move they're making, they're like, we're not going to go out there and beat the Cincinnati Bengals this year. We can afford a year to just uh, to make sure that we double down on the market. We're not going to let these running backs think that they can make $14, 15000000 million a year. And here's the thing, and I think we both agree on this, Ashley. We both agree that there needs to be change at, in, in, in evolution at the running back position. Yes. If you're not an Alvin Kamara or Christian McCaffrey, and I know you're a running back expert, and you can speak to this probably better than I can, but if you're not them, you're not going to get paid. So all these old school running backs that is trying to tote the ball in first and second, third down, they can't run routes, they can't catch the ball at the backfield, they can't split out and run a go route or a sluggle like we've seen you know, our guy down in Atlanta do in camp. If you can't do that, then you, you, you're better off just changing your position, right? So we agree that the owners aren't necessarily wrong. Right. But, man, when you have a guy that makes up 40% of your offense, and I know we're going to talk about Saquon Barkley later. Right. You know, and, and you know, being named the captain. Right. But got that type of guy, like, come on, you got to show love. You got to pay those guys. You got to take care of them because they take care of you. I agree. Listen, it's definitely going to be an interesting conversation to, you know, dive into throughout those first four games, how much it actually affects them, if it affects them, and if it was a wise decision on the Colts' part 
to even entertain or allow Jonathan Taylor, allow Jonathan Taylor to entertain a trade, knowing that that wasn't going to be something they were even willing to um, adhere to if that actually manifested into reality. So I need to match your energy right now. Like, I feel like I'm at a 10 and you're at like a you're at like a 10, but very smooth. Really? Yeah, like this. I told you I'm. Blue, I sprayed. I'm. I'm what excited for the spray. Sp- I told you, spray? you my aura protection spray. It has me very mellow. I'm me. also trying to, while hosting, fix my iPad that froze, which is not fun. Um, Andrew, can you come try to fix this for me? I don't know. Shout out to Andrew. Um, I don't know how to fix this. It's like one side's black. <laughs> Just if we can reset that, that's great. I'm trying to do it at the same time. But um, do we have Caleb or do we have time for another story? Are we are we good? Not yet. yet? Okay, cool. So let's dive into another story. Uh, Damar Hamlin. Yep. News came out yesterday that he officially is a Buffalo Bill for the um, for the new season as he made the 53 man roster. What an incredible comeback story. Uh, Bill's Mafia celebrated the moment. We put out an incredible tweet um, regarding that news. But, I mean, this is an incredible comeback story. I mean, you talk about it all the time. You know, he was, for all intents and purposes, dead on the field. That's right. That's um, right. In a very scary moment for, um, you know, the NFL. But, I mean, yeah, him making the 53-man roster, what does that, how does that make you feel? How did, what was your reaction to the news, rather? Um, sometimes there's a player or there's a moment that just brings people together and it pushes things forward. Um you know, this is probably the greatest comeback that we've ever seen, mm-hmm. you know, because like you said, it wasn't that um, it wasn't that he almost died. No, he died. Yeah. They had to revive him. They had to bring him back. Mm-hmm. He was gone. So this is probably the greatest comeback story we've ever heard. But also when I think about uh, the moments after and uh, in, in everything surrounding him, I think about how the media start looking at players differently. Right. You know, you had Skip Bayless during this time. I don't. I think he was tweeting saying, you know, what are they going to do? They need to play the game, et cetera, et cetera. And 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 and, and for the first time, I felt like the majority uh, was on that player side as far as like humanization. Mm-hmm. You know, because we still have a problem um, in this in sports where people are like, you're just gladiators, you know, mm-hmm. or we're just going to enjoy you know, what you do for us. You guys are just entertainers and you don't even, we don't even think about who DeMar Hamlin or a Dak Prescott is off the field. So I think about that moment, Ashley, and uh, how everyone kind of rallied around him and rallied around athletes and how we should do things differently. And there's been changes made. Yeah. And so this is big. And come on, Ashley, how how could they cut him? Like if they did that, like, you know, the kind of pushback they would have gotten. He's like he 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 literally went from, uh, uh, like a uh, I don't want to call him like a, a special teams player because he was right. starting he was starting because the, right. the the starter went down right of okay, course so he wasn't the guy right 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 okay now is he a talent one hundred percent right but he literally went from being just one of the guys mm-hmm. I'm not gonna call him iconic but it's almost like a definitely he's like one of the faces national- of the Bills. I would Facing say. the bills when they're facing yeah. the NFL. For sure. Um, you know. Commercials, big businesses, brand deals. Right, yeah. I mean, listen, I don't want people to go ahead and try to equate the fact that, you know, he made the 53-man roster because how could they cut him? It's obviously earned. I don't think the NFL, um, you know, cares too much about 
the sentimental value of things. You know, if he didn't go ahead and compete, if he didn't go ahead and earn a roster spot, he wouldn't be on the roster. So I think that it just adds to an incredible story of DeMar Hamlin, and I'm excited to see his comeback season. But we, um, the time has come. Is for he, our special guest. Is he here? He is here. He is ready to go. You sure? He is. I, I got the word. I got the All word right. that Caleb Plant is in the building. Yes, sir. And he is ready to go ahead and join us. First of all, absolutely phenomenal staircase. Yeah, you're I right. That. Look at this. Look at the can't have money. I like <laughs> I literally, my eyes went straight to the staircase. Right, right. <laughs> Hi, Caleb. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How's it going? It's going well. Brandon, how are you feeling? Uh, this is awesome. Um, Caleb, big fan of yours, not just, um, you know, you as a fighter, and there's so many great fighters, um, but just how you approach things. You know, I know, obviously, and we'll hit it, you know, there was a, a moment not too long ago uh, that we'll talk about, but, you know, you, you are you are a man's man, bro. Um, I love your style. You know, I love how you approach your family. I love everything that you've overcome, you know, whether in the ring you know, the adversity that you face, you know, outside of the ring, you know, like you're one of those, you're a pro's pro, you know, and so I just want to say thank you for joining the show. Um, we're excited to jump in this conversation. It's long overdue. <laughs> you know, we were trying to work it out to where we get you on the big paw where we sit around and have a drink or two, but we're here with Ashley Nicole Moss on paper route. And so let's let's dive in, man. How, well, first, before we do that, where are you living? Where, this seemed like some L.A. stuff. <laughs> uh, well, first off, you know, I appreciate the kind words. It means a lot. And, you know, thank you for having me on. But, yeah, I, I'm, I'm in Las Vegas. I've been here since, like, uh, 2016. Mm. And, um, you know, hard work pays off. So, <laughs> You know what, though? A lot of people are, like, leaving L.A. and moving to Vegas. Know, the real yeah. estate market is booming in Vegas. It's, Huge. like, one of the most up-and-coming real estate markets in the country. So... He's ahead of the curve. There you go. I yeah. think no state taxes either. Yeah, no state taxes. Nice. <laughs> so, bro, uh, state of boxing. Before I know, Ashley, you, you want to leave? No, go ahead. Okay. Um, you're, you're you're the fight fanatic okay. here. You go ahead. Um, state of boxing, bro. Where, where is the state of boxing right now? Yeah, right now I feel like it's in a great spot. 2023, I think it's been you know one of the best years in a long time, mm. and um, you know you've seen a lot of big fights happen. A lot of uh, champions facing champions, and it's in a good spot. But boxing's, you know, boxing's always been in a good spot. But I think what some people fail to realize is, you know, one generation will move out and retire, and then the next one will move in, and they have to build those fighters. They have to build, you know, their careers. They have to become champions. And um, if they fight too early in their career, you know, things may not pan out. So boxing and the fans have to give boxing a chance to, to build and develop those fighters so that down the road, you know, you can have a year like we're having now where you're seeing a lot of great fighters facing a lot of really great fighters. Right. 24 fights, 22 wins, uh, 13 by KO and two mm. losses. Um, you know, I I, I want to lean into the, the, the losses uh, because I think that, you know, this is where we're at in boxing where people are starting to understand you know, that the, the protecting your O, you know, uh, may not be good business. Like you said, you know, you have champions fighting champions, the best fighting the best. Um, when you when when you took those two losses, how did you recover from that? Right. Because I feel like as boxers, Ashley, you know, like this dude is a legend. Look, right. at, I mean, like for real. 
And so when you lose, just like Earl Spence just lost, it's, it's like, mm-hmm. damn, the world's watching. They're like, oh, he's done. He's washed. Right? So, like, how did you respond to those two losses? You know, did you face any adversity, you know, after those fights? Um, yeah, I mean, I think anytime you take a loss, you know, that's that's adversity, right? Because the goal was to go out and win. You were preparing to win. You put the preparation in to win. You sacrifice and dedicate to win. So when you don't and things don't go your way, you know, that's adversity. But um, I think, you know, in today's age with social media, um, you know, you, you, you're able to see a lot of people's opinions. But um, you just got to make sure that those opinions, you know, other people's opinion of yourself don't mean more than the opinion you have of yourself. And, right. you know, nobody's opinion of me could be more important than the one I have of myself. So um, just knowing who I am, I got a good team around me, you know, my wife, my coaches, my friends, and um, just getting right back in the gym and get right back to work. Uh, you know, I lost to Canelo and um, I had to take just a little bit of time off to heal a little injury that I had gotten training. And um, I came back, I fought former two-time world champion, Anthony Durrell. I told him I didn't want a tune-up fight. I wanted to go right into the biggest fight that I possibly could <laughs> coming off of a loss. And maybe that's not the biggest fight out there, but give me the biggest fight that we can get. And, you know, they came back with Anthony Durrell. I said, you know, let's do it. And, um, you know, everybody, they seen how that went and uh, step right to David Benavidez. Obviously, you know, mm. losing there, just getting right back in the gym and, you know, trying to smooth some edges in my game, get better at some things and um, looking like I'll be uh, back in the ring by the end of the year. Well, you mentioned Canelo. You also mentioned David as well. I mean, you went toe to toe with both of them, came up short, unfortunately, in both times. I mean, one, who was the tougher fighter and why do you think you came up short in both of those fights? What do you think went wrong? Um, well, with the Canelo fight, uh, at that point, I think one, one thing was his activity level, you know, fighting every probably like four months or so leading up to the fight that we had. And I had been out for 11 months, um, and obviously not using that excuse, but, you know, activity level definitely plays its part and, um, you know, getting in the ring and being able to do your thing at the highest level. And so I think activity level. You know, I think Canelo's experience level mm. um, at the time he had him like 20 fights. Uh, and, you know, it's never just one thing. It's, you know, an accumulation of smaller things. But uh, I think the experience level and just then activity level, probably the two biggest. And um, with David, uh, you know, he's a big guy. He's really like 175 pounder who is killing himself to make, you know, 168 pounds. So. Uh, that was a close fight too. So just, you know, continuing to smooth a couple of the edges in my game and, you know, trying to round things out. And as far as who's the tougher fighter, I think, you know, it's like apples and oranges, like Mm. styles make fights. Canelo's got the experience. I think he punches harder than David, but David's bigger. He puts more combinations together. So, I mean, they both have their flaws. They both got, you know, things that they're really good at. So, so bro, um, what did you see in the, what opportunity did you see in the Canelo fight, right? I, I, I go and put myself back in to the football world and in, in, in the film room watching Darrell Revis. And I'm like, damn, like every time he has this foot up, this is what he does. He does this fake little jab, but then he gets back into his bail coverage or 
man, I ran this over route and, you know, uh, Cho Chad Ochocinco ran this over route and he overplayed it. So now that's a counter or a combination where, you know, now I'm, I'm going to my offensive coordinator or my quarterback saying, look, he's going to pick that ball off. But if we run that over route and I stop and bring it back out, there's nothing out there, right? Now, obviously, it doesn't go always go as planned. But you see the opportunities uh, against your opponent. Canelo Alvarez, obviously one of the best fighters uh, in today's game, but probably going down as one of the greatest ever. When you stepped into that fight, right, what opportunity did you see? Like, where was the weakness? Um, I think uh, Canelo's uh, style has changed over the years. And so the way that he fights now isn't the way that he's always fought. But I don't really want to get too into that because, mm. um, what, you, gonna you know, him I'm, again? <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty close to having a rematch. Ooh. And, uh, you know, it's never good to correct your enemies. I know that's right. <laughs> so Listen. I'm going to keep doing the thing and, you know, I'm sure we'll meet up here soon. I, I I like it. That's spicy. I like it. It's spicy. And listen, earlier in this conversation, we brought up social media and how that's changed boxing. Yeah. And speaking of spice, we, we have to talk about we would be remiss to not mention it. You've been in the headlines the last couple of weeks for what transpired backstage at the Earl Spence and Terrence Crawford fight. Brandon was there, not there when it happened, but there in the in the premises. And you have garnered a lot of respect from people who may or may not have been a fan, may not have been familiar for not just how you handled yourself, but what transpired when you went ahead and gave the backstory on how it ended up, you know, mm. being the video that we saw. So, I mean, just the biggest question, why did uh, Jamal Tra uh, Charlo, I'm sorry, touch your beard, not once, but twice? Let's, let's get into that. I mean... I can't make sense of it. You know, that's something you'd have to ask him, really. Uh, but it's like, you know, we were at the weigh-ins and we were behind the stage with all the teams, you know, the fighters who were about to weigh in, the coaches and, you know, their team, stuff like that. Just me and my wife, Jordan, you know, she works in boxing too. So we're behind there just catching up with people, saying what's up. And, you know, Charlo, he comes up to me and he's like, you know, man, what's up, bro? Why, like, why don't you fuck with me? Why don't you fuck with me? I'm like... I didn't really understand what he was saying. And um, he was like, uh, yeah, why don't you fuck with me? I'm like, man, sometimes you're hot, sometimes you're cold. Like, I really don't know how to take you. You know, one time you'll tell me, you'll literally come up and be like, bro, I love you. And the next time I see you, you'll be in an interview talking about how you'll beat the shit out of me and send me back to Tennessee. Mm. And it's like, you know, hot and cold, I, I don't really, I just stay clear of people like that. And, um, He's like, no, man, I fuck with you. I fuck with you. Uh, and um, I'm like, all right. He's like, do you want to fight? I was like, yeah, of course I want to fight. You know, that's going to be a big fight. We need to make it happen. He's like, because I don't even want to fight. I'm like, all right, that's cool. You know, I know you got things going on. Like, handle your personal life and get that together. We can make a fight happen. And he's going from like a hot sentence to a cold sentence, hot sentence to a cold sentence. And then he's like, a couple sentences later, he's like, do you want to fight? I'm like, yeah, I want to fight. He's like, because I'll fight you. I'm like you're not making sense you know just saying oh you said you don't he said it won't even be a good fight though I'm like why not he's like because I'll beat the shit out of you I'm like see what I'm saying bro this is what I'm saying one second you're hot one second you're cold this is what... I don't get it and then he reached out and he pulled the chin on my hair 
uh, my hair on my chin kind of hard. Like, boom. I'm like, bro, what the fuck is your problem? No, don't ever touch me. Don't ever touch me in my face again. Like, what, what are you doing? And then, you know, he wants to start calling me a bitch-ass white boy. Oh, look at the bitch-ass white boy acting just like a bitch. Look at him, y'all getting scared, getting shook, just like a white boy would, blah, 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 blah. And then he pulls the chin on my hair again, but even harder. So, I mean, you know, I'm standing in a room full of my peers. Like I said, I got my wife standing behind me. Well, what do you do? You know, mm -hmm. you're really making it hard on somebody when you, you know, you're really putting their back up against the wall when you keep pressing them like that. And you're looking for a fight. You know, if you grab the hair on somebody's chin, you're looking to fight them. And if somebody has the decency to tell you not to do it again and you do it again, you're looking to fight. So mm -hmm. that's what happened. So, so this is a tough uh, sit down with me because I am uh, 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 very close with the Charlo brothers, and but I definitely understand they spicy. You know what I'm saying? And you know you can be cool and you can keep being cool, but we ain't talk right now. We're talking about right and wrong. Right, mm. and, right. And what ain't right is to be touching another man in his face, pulling on his shit. And right. if he tells you to quit, then that's exactly what that means. One hundred percent. Listen, I I agree with you there. Um, but have you guys spoken? Have you guys have you guys worked this out? No, any apology, any anything. Like apology from who? Like him? Yeah, like you know what I'm saying? Because I you, no, we, we haven't talked. You know, I have no reason to conversate with him or talk with him. Like he right. did what he did. I done what I done. Now, I talked to somebody. I was there, and I talked to someone close to. Um, you know, this situation, I'm like, what's going on? Um, and they're like, man, you know, they were, they didn't say there was a fight. They said you guys were working on a fight. Earlier in the show, you talked about, you know, later this year, you were going to probably be back out there uh, in action. So mm -hmm. is this fight happening or I not? Mean, that's what I like, you know. That's well, what I would like. where do talks currently stand? Is there are there any talks of I mean, getting it are. happening in the fall, or it just kind of has hit a, a standstill in, in communication? I mean, I've let my management know what I want, you know, and that's what I want. I'm standing here live. That's what I want, and so, but you know, you can't force anybody to get in there and fight, right? You know, uh, he's got whatever he's got going on, so you know. But I'm free at the end of the year. That's what I want to do. And so, but you know, it takes two to two to tango. So Right. And speaking of two, I mean, do you see yourself beating both of the Charlo brothers? For people who don't, don't know, know, there are hey, there are two of them. I just said I'm close to them now. There's quit. two. Caleb. I'm not I'm not, you know, Jamel, he's a hundred and fifty four pounder. And uh Jamal, you know, he's a hundred and sixty eight pounder, a hundred and sixty pounder who's about to move up to hundred and sixty eight pounds. And so I'm interested in fighting super middleweights. Because that's the division I'm in. Mm. Mm. This is this is. You know what? I don't need to go out there. The, the super middleweight division is plenty hot. You know, there's no need for right. me to go down and fight someone who plays who's two divisions below me when I have, you know, tons of super middleweights that I could get it going with. Yeah. So let me ask you this question, bro. Um, is you, you said this is the fight you want? You went to management and said, you know, make pretty much make it happen. That's what it sounds like. Because of the situation that we just saw the video and what everybody's been talking about, um, is this personal or is it business, right? Because like you, I heard you talk, man, you was like, man, like what am I supposed to do? And you know, I had to. I'm not gonna go back home and look myself in the mirror and you know after a dude and you know violated me that way. 
and there's Texas dudes. You said there's like, I don't care if there's 40, 50 Texas dudes back there. If they all well, had man. to see me, then that's what it's going to be. Be excuse I mean, me. You know, I'm not picking a fight with none of them dudes, but it's like I know Arrow's there, I know Jamel and Jamal there, and then all their buddies are there. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I don't know who's going to take Jamal's side and who ain't, but you have to obviously tell yourself, well, hey, if I'm going to do this, worst case scenario is all 40 to 50 of these dudes jump on me. But you know, sometimes you got to be willing to do that. You know, some, I'm not going to go home, like I said, and look myself in the mirror or look at my wife and be like, hey, I, I'm the protector of this family. I'm going to stand up for you, but I won't stand up for myself. And you know, my wife would still believe that, but am I going to believe it? That's the real question. Right. So, you know, you go through life, you let people just do that to you, you're going to have problems in your life. That's if, you stand, if you stand up for yourself, that could create problems too. So at the end of the day, it's just what problems do you want? Do you want Ooh. the problem that somebody fucking with you? Or do you want the problems that come with standing up for yourself? And you know, I know what I choose. So It's actually interesting that you mentioned your wife. Um, um, I have a question regarding her in just a second. But when this conversation, when the situation first happened, one of the things that I said was, um, you know, had your wife not been there, maybe the situation goes differently, but your wife being there kind of gave you no other choice but to react and deal with the situation that you know. did. Whether she was there or not, I would have handled my business the same oh, okay. way. But you're making it even harder on right. she is standing there, is what I'm saying. But I would have handled my business the same way if I was if it was just me solo, if it was me and her, if it was me and my daddy, like I'm gonna handle my business the same way. But if my wife's standing behind me now, it's even like, right. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So absolutely. Bro, and that's bro. the, that's the part that, um, we brought up, I brought up yeah, when we had did. that conversation. You, you, you yeah, definitely, you definitely did, bro. I never forget, uh, my freshman year in, in, in college, I went back to, uh, my high school's rivalry game. It was Lake Howe high school versus Oviedo. And so I come back and I'm feeling good and cocky, confident, and, and I'm the big man. Right. And so I'm walking out. And it's with my buddy who's at the University of Florida, big defensive lineman, 6'2", 320 pounds. And there's about five, six dudes just trying us, but we're outnumbered. And they just trying us, trying us, trying us. We finally get to the car, to the situation, and, and something just clicked in me. I'm like, this ain't sitting with me. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm, I'm like, like y'all, okay, y'all got it, y'all got it, y'all got it. Ashley, as soon as one of them got in the car, I said, BOM! <laughs> and now six dudes swarmed us. <laughs> And we just, we just, we just tussling with these dudes. But I'm saying that because I understand what you're saying, bro. It's like, and that's a scary uh, place to be when mm -hmm. you're like, yo, I feel disrespected. I feel violated, but I'm outnumbered and this can go all the way left. There has to be something kind of off, you know what I mean? For you to make that decision and say, there's 40 to 50 dudes from Texas that can all jump on me, but I'm doing this. Like, when did you yeah. know you was that? Like, when, like, there's, I guess that's the fighter. When did you know you were him? You know what I'm saying? Was it like in elementary school, middle school, where some people, some, somebody tried you, you had to stand up for yourself? I mean, you know, we all have a line that we don't let people cross when it comes to certain things, you know, and your line may be further up on some things, mm. my line further back on some things and closer up on some things. And, you know, we, we set those lines as we go through life, you know, as people, you know, pick on us or mess with us in school, middle school, elementary school, you know, you start finding out where your line is. And as you grow up, that's where you set your line. And if somebody crosses it, you know, right. if somebody does this or takes it this far, you know, I'm willing to, you know, back myself up and, 
you know, everybody's line is in a different place. And the, so the best way to not find it is to not be pressing somebody's line. Ashley, what, and, would, what, what, what would you have done in that situation? Like if I had to, <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? What have, like if I was Caleb? Yeah, yes. <laughs> I mean, hopefully, you know, if a girl did it to me, right? Yes. I'd probably, yes. oh, okay, I was about to say, I, if it was a guy, I'm not doing that. Um, I'd, I'd fight. I have a line, too. You have a line, I, too? I'd have to, <laughs> I would take that. Because it's like, I feel him. Like, you you kind of give someone the benefit of the doubt when you say, all right, chill. Right. And if they, and then somebody does the same action, now they're calling your bluff. Now right. you have no choice but to do it, so... Do um, do you yeah. know how? Do you know like the switch that you have to have to be able to make the decision he he made? And 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 both like bro, I, I talked about Caleb, mm -hmm. but Charlo he's a monster too. So that's why I want to see this fight. This could be a, yeah. a makeup of a, a a huge fight, a mega fight. The whole culture is coming out. You're a part of the culture, fashion, uh, boxing, sneaker, all of that. Yeah, uh, I want to see it happen. Ash, I got one boxing question before we I, switch gears. I, I no no no, I have a question too that actually they want us to hit so you want okay. me to go first i'm gonna go first listen okay. clearly you don't duck a challenge we, we've we, we've established that but anthony durrell was talking very spicy about you before your bout and that backfired in the worst possible way imaginable i think we actually have that video um that we can run but i mean just yeah, run that one <laughs> just go there we go listen we have this video I mean, have you ever landed a cleaner left hook in your life? I mean, run that back one more time, VC, just so we can get the full. I mean, my goodness. <laughs> it's the same left. It was the same left. It's something about his left. It was the same left. <laughs> I mean, look at, I mean, just bam. Just absolutely, I mean. Ooh. He was coming too now. He just landed the Listen, first. and again, he was talking honest, very spicy before this. this one. So, I mean, just talk us through that. Was that like one of the best left hooks of your life? Yeah, that was one of the cleanest ones. You know, every time I kept throwing a, uh, my hook, you know, he, uh, Darrell kept punching with me. He kept hooking with me. Every time I would throw a hook, boom, he would hook right with me. And so I knew that I had to, you see the little pause at the bottom after the first one. Boom, it's because after I threw the first one, I knew that he was about to hook with me. So I just sat on it for a second and wait for him to open up. Boom, and I knew when he'd opened up, I was gonna shoot the second one. Oof. So it was just kind of like taking some time to see his, uh, you know, his habits. And I noticed in the fight, because he thought that I couldn't punch and that he could, he was gonna try to keep punching with me. And so that I just kept setting it, kept setting it, kept setting it, kept letting him doing the same thing Oof. until I seen the opening. And then, boom, I made sure that I paused on it so that when I shot it, he'd, he'd be open. But, yeah, that's just good timing, good setup, you know, just playing chess. See, that's what I love about sports, That's what, and that's what I love about boxing. Uh, Caleb, I, I tell Ashley this all the time, bro, and, and, and I would love to hear, you know, what you think is the best sporting event. But I tell her, I said, there's nothing better than uh, watching boxing live. I love everything about mm. it. I love uh, my process uh, before I even leave the hotel. I love walking in, like dressing, you know, and I love the old school too. I love like suits and stuff, right? But nowadays people are more into sportswear. Um, so like, you know, for him to go in there and say, man, it's chess, it's so special. It's special, special, it's special. Um, you know, what, what, what sporting event before we move on uh, do you think is 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 the best thing the best best sport to see in person 
boxing. No doubt. <laughs> He's not gonna say anything other. But it's like, well, I say boxing. <laughs> it's, it's like when you really narrow down to like the essence of competitiveness and mano a mano. I mm. mean, there's nothing. There's probably no older sport in the world, you know, and mm. just how the boxing has developed into a chess game. And, you know, boxing is not like a tough guy sport. And you don't want to be considered, you know, you don't want to think yourself as, oh, I'm going to be tougher than him or I'm tough. So I'm going to be able to do this because if you're a fighter, then we're all tough, you know, so that's going to automatically X that out. You know, boxing is a thinking man's game and, you know, just being able to set traps over rounds and, and get them accustomed to one thing and be able to switch it up on them and, you know, capitalize off a mistake they're making or a move that they're making and be a step ahead. I mean, I think it's just, and, you know, no, obviously offense to football. I'm a huge football fan too, but, you know, just not being able to call a timeout not being able to hand mm. the ball off or, sound like Richard you know, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, just, it's just you and them in there and there's no timeouts. Or right. it's just, I love it. Well, listen, you are not the only badass athlete in the plant household. Your wife, Jordan, was a track star. I wonder what is having an athlete wife like? I mean, how does that help you become a better athlete? I think, um, you know, anyone who knows about me and Jordan, you know, they know how close we are, how good of friends we are, you know. Um, That's beautiful. But I think oh. having an athlete as a wife you know, she just has an understanding of the discipline and the sacrifice that it takes. You know, she had a full ride to a division one college to run the hundred meter hurdles. And so that's no joke. And so for her to be, be able to compete at that level and to have competed at that level, she knows what, you know, it takes the amount of discipline. And so just her having that understanding and um, just her helping me stay on the things I need to stay on top of, whether it's, you know, my vitamins or my water, my mm -hmm. meals, you know, she, she really helps it and makes it to where I just really have to focus on boxing. And, you know, I take that serious because that means she trusts, she trusts and believes in me. And so I don't want to put that to waste, you know, so just, um, it gives me motivation knowing that, you know, I got a, a friend and a wife who really believes in it and who really sacrifices with me and puts a lot into it. And um, it just makes me want to go, you know, that much harder. I absolutely love that. That's so beautiful. That's that's great to hear. And I also, I before, Brandon, you get your question, and I, I have one more for you. Now, remember, before I ask this question, remember the saying, happy wife, happy life. Mm -hmm. Who is the best athlete in your household? Is it you or is it Jordan? I mean, she's a better 100-meter hurdler. <laughs> 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 Yeah. Do y'all yeah, compete yeah. in anything else? <laughs> oh but, man, but... we're super competitive. We, <laughs> we we've gotten into real live arguments before about like being an athlete or who's better at this, who's better at that. It, it's so funny to look back on and like think about that. But um, yeah, she's super competitive. I'm super competitive. But you know, besides like that one argument that I just mentioned that was like so long ago, and we laugh about it now, like. It's a it's friendly competition, but we definitely compete with each other. And um, she works out six days a week. Uh, I mean, she's a, she's a grinder. She handles all our business stuff, whether when it comes to our rental properties, our investments with our financial team. I mean, she's a great mom. She's a great wife. I mean, all together, you know, I'm I'm blessed to be able to have 
somebody like that in my life. You know, I don't take that for granted. It seems like fun though. Like you would like race to like see who could like empty the dishwasher faster or like who could fold laundry quicker or like who could bring the groceries with more bags without making a second trip. That seems like fun to me. I don't know. That seems like- I'll trip her ass. I'll trip her ass. (laughs) Listen, you just gave, you just gave, uh, speaking to to, to athletes, man, I think you just gave them a major key. And I know Ashley uh, asked you the question, but I feel like you can uh, potentially teach other athletes, bro, you know, the keys keys to success when it comes to dating and relationships, man, because there's so many of us, including myself, that struggle, we fail, or, you know, we, we, you know, we try to figure it out the next time. And so that alignment is critical, you know, like athlete mindset, you got, you're an athlete, she understands that. And I feel like a lot of us athletes struggle because the women that we may date don't understand the commitment and the sacrifice needed to just be good every single day. Because, yeah. like, if you're not that, like, if there's no, like, rec- I, I'm not trying to say athletes is better than other people, but, like, you can be in corporate America, and in corporate America, you don't have to be great every day. And there's so many ways to skate around, like, what you do. In sports, that shit is on television, on the tube, on film review every single day. Your ass get knocked out, right? Everybody's watching, everybody see it. There's no hiding in practice or in games. And so it's a, a level of commitment and sacrifice you have to make, bro. So you just gave a major key uh, to a lot of athletes. Don't go out there and, and, and do life with somebody who, who's not aligned with the sacrifice. Yeah, and, you know, I think, you know, like you said, it takes a different level of selfishness to that you have to have to be able to compete on that level. Mm-hmm. But as long as you're not, you know, abusing that selfishness in other areas, you know, it makes it a lot easier for your friend to be able to, you know, be selfless when it comes mm. time comes time to grind or comes time to have to go here and go there and, you know, do this, do that, whatever it may be, you know, sometimes, you know, if people abuse that selfishness, you know, it could, it could hinder you and make it harder for you to be selfish in other areas and your partner be okay with it. You know what I'm saying? So you, you gotta be thinking from both sides, you know, and you gotta be thinking about the long-term going what you really want. And if it's about the sport, if it's about being great at your sport, and that's what you're, you know, preaching about, then you got to stick to it with that. You got to be selfish with that, but you got to, you got to know when to turn that on and off too. As a woman, that's all facts. How are we doing on time, bro? Because I think, I don't know if if our team said, how are we doing? Okay. Let me, can you go a little deeper here? Um, You know, when you talk about you know, selfishness to being selfish, right? Like really speak to, you know, the men out there, even the women couples out there. Cause it seems like y'all, you know, I don't, I don't think y'all are perfect, but it seems like y'all have a nice recipe and there's a yeah. lot of people struggling, you know, in marriages and then certain relationships or they try love and they fail that love. So what does that look like? Cause sometimes men, we're too selfish. Yeah. I mean, I think men and women can be selfish, you know, especially today's era. But um, I think, you know, Jordan's the type of girl who she's cool to be friends with, you know, and not every girl's like that. You know, every girl want to be wants to be liked, but not every girl is likable. And so it's like, you know, not just when it comes to our business and, you know, doing things we got to get done, but just kicking it, hanging out, you know, chilling, laughing, joking, like cutting up, whatever it may be like. Jordan's into like a lot of the same shit I am, whether it be clothes, 
you know, sneakers, fashion, sports, and, you know, Jordan knows how to just sit around and kick it and, and just chill and be cool. And so it makes it easy to want to hang out with her, mm. you know, but not every girl may be like that. So it can make it harder. But, you know, for Jordan, you know, it lines up with the, with the things I like. So it makes it easy. And because we're best friends, you know, I'm not going to, you know, there may be certain things that you do to your girl that you wouldn't do to your best friend, but it's kind of one of the same for me. So it makes it easy for me. You know, I got a lot of respect for Jordan because of how hard she works, how she carries herself. You know, she's classy. You know, she, she gets a lot done. She's a great mother. So, you know, it makes it easy to respect someone like that. She's literally the hardest worker I've ever come across as far as like persist, you know, consistently. And so, you know, it's easy to respect somebody like that. That was a bar. Yeah, a lot of girls want to be like, but a lot of girls aren't likable. That can we get that on a graphic? That was a bar. <laughs> said, Go deeper. He that when he said him. that, I said, "Oh, that's yeah. a bar." Like, yeah, Caleb got some stuff about him, man. I, I, wow, that was a bar. I'm definitely gonna be using that for just obviously with men, but I'm, I'm gonna use that line. Right. Um, I want to switch gears because you did mention fashion. That's right. And how Caleb has kind of broken down walls and, and barriers in the boxing space when it comes to his fashion for He's sure him. and you've worn some really dope kicks in the boxing ring i mean i have some of them here most notably your what the dunks and freddy krueger's i mean can you i mean come on fire. look fire i have those back there i think you have these yeah but not the, like not, not the boxing ones but the the, the you know I, I want to kind of dive into your your sneakerhead love and also I mean I believe the 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 shoe surgeon does some of your shoes is that correct like just kind of talk about that relationship what goes into the design the the decision making on what shoes you wear for what match and I mean these are incredible come on man bring up the Freddies yeah, there we go Ooh. <laughs> yeah no um yeah Dom my guy the surgeon um. You know, he's been helping me put together some great ideas and, you know, really my love for sneakers just probably comes from, you know, not having those things when I was a kid, not having nice shoes, not having nice clothes, not having much nice of anything and just, you know, wanting those things, wanting to work hard so I could get those things. And um, then just trying to bring those things into the boxing world, you know, and just tie the two together and, you know, me fighting October 15th against Anthony Durrell, I knew it was close to, um, to Halloween. So I thought, you know, what better shoe to bring out than, you know, the greatest horror shoe of all time, Oof. one of the greatest shoes of all time. And um, so, you know, I told him I want to do the Freddies and uh, he sent over a couple of uh, examples and I just kept making revisions until I had it, you know, just how I wanted. Fire. And um, boom, I felt like it came out, they turned out great. And, you know, ever since then, I've really been seeing, you know, quite a few fighters, you know, turn their boxing shoes to- Were you the first? Are you saying you're the first? Say what? Are you saying you're the first because Tank, the Devin Haney, there's a bunch, I, I heard where you were going with that. Were you the first to create this in the ring? I will say that me and, uh, I had already made these uh, shoes, but then I think Devin came out with the, um, the cactus plant, the one with the, all the, uh, all that look like they got the diamonds all over right, it or whatever. Right, right, But he fought before me, but I, I was already in the process of getting that shoe made. Right. But I'm definitely up there. I'm one of them. Uh, and, you know, I felt like it was, 
I feel like it was my idea first, but you know, Devin, <laughs> yeah, he came boy. first, so you know, he, he can, uh, but you know, then with the what the dunks, just trying to, you know, match that energy and that, that I have with the, uh, with the Freddies and do something just as crazy. And, you know, obviously Don put something together crazy, but yeah, I'm definitely one of the uh, first ones for sure. Top five dress fighters, man. Cause there's some nice ones now. Top five best dress. And you can include yourself in the list. We, we never, we never make that rule, but you can go ahead and include yourself. Obviously. Yeah. And if you're really him, you'll do it in order too. Cause we sit down with football players, basketball players, and they like, well, I ain't gonna put it in order. Like, come on. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's hard to put it in order, but oh lord, I'm I'm definitely, I, I feel like I'm definitely probably on the list. And um, you know, Javante, I probably put him on there. Charlo Brothers. Uh, don't be biased because why do you keep doing that? <laughs> don't be biased because the the current class. You are so know. messy. No, no, no. Caleb, yeah. no, Caleb, no, they be dressing now. Oh my god. <laughs> They're, they wear a little bit more extravagant things than me, you know? And to me, sometimes that can be hit or miss. You know, I'm not speaking specifically about them, but sometimes That's when you pressing it, you know, it can be hit or miss. But um, yeah, those are stylish dudes. Uh, Tank's a stylish dude, Devin's a stylish dude. Um, okay. Caleb, before we let you go, obviously we've we've talked about we've spoken about a lot of your previous fights, you know. But 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 one second, one second. Uh-oh. So none of them guys have their own clothing line, you know. Ooh. They, they don't have their own, you know, like I have with my revenge tour, where you know I've gotten away from creating, you know, boxing merchandise for boxing fans, and I have my own lifestyle brand called Revenge Tour. And um, if you've been following me, if you've been staying up to date. You know, you can see that I've been dropping some real fire lifestyle clothes. What's and, the website? Um, uh, it's on my website, but I only do one week pre-orders and then I put them in, I, I ship them out and then I do not re-release a shirt. You know, either you're wow. on it or you're not. So it's either you're up to date with it or you're not. And, um, but you know, I've had uh, Conway the Machine in my clothes, uh, Nigel uh, Sylvester in my clothes. Uh, uh, who else? The game. I love Nigel the game in them um and uh you know my first shirt it was a it's called revenge tour and how revenge tour on the back with the tour dates and it was a date of each one of my fights and where they was at and, you know i'm not gonna lie ever since then i've been seeing quite a few tour shirts um, <laughs> right you know He's uh, the first i seen errol spent smoking on bud tour and <laughs> but errol's my guy you know i seen uh shakur stevenson with the tour shirt i seen um my boy Scooter with the tour shirt. And I'm not, you know, I don't want to be a gatekeeper, you know? So if I bring something, if I'm yeah. pressing ideas forward, you know, I want to see other people pick it up and push the boxing culture forward too, you know? That's what I, I think it's all about. So, but I feel like I've been given some inspiration. The the website the website is dope. I'm, I'm on it now. Caleb it's on Plant, the Caleb website. CalebPlant.com. Yeah. You hit the two um, marks at the top right. And you'll see the store there. It's dope, bro. Um, you know, we got season five starting here in the next month or so. Uh, our big our big show. Um, this is the biggest show, but we got the big show. Um, 
Man, I, I need to. You know what? I'm not gonna ask for nothing. I'm gonna buy. It. Listen, the store, ask. the was, store, guys, is in the chat right now. So the link is there. JP just dropped it in the chat. So if you guys want to go ahead and yep. pre-order some stuff, it well, is in the chat right, right there. But my next, um, my next drop is gonna be September 30th, okay. which is the day of the Canelo fight. But they also have the Low Rider Super Show, um, with all the you know all the old school Low Riders, and I'm gonna have um. My that that my next collection won't be online. It'll be in person at that show. So you got to show up to get it. Otherwise, mm. you, well, you're going to have to miss out on that. Can can you? I'll be in Vegas. Obviously, I'm going to that fight. Uh, you have Canelo and uh, Charlo, and so mm. I'll be there. Can you put aside a couple two X's for me, and I'll give you my credit card, bro. I know Jordan's going to be like, Nah, this is money. This is business. Don't nobody get nothing for free. Put two two X's to the side for me. All right. And Ashley's going to be there. It's going to be her first fight. She's never been to a fight. I've never been. I'm a fight virgin. You know Is that what? a thing? You know what we need to do? <laughs> you know what we do? Let's get a nice dinner together. Like Caleb and Jordan and his whole team is super cool. Okay. Let's let's do let's do a big dinner. Let's get like a nice little group of people. Let's would you do that? Or are you just keep it uh, tight? I mean, I'll, I'll be open to that. Okay. All right, we're gonna hit up. As long as you know, we, we don't talk about certain things anymore. We're just gonna let that hit. Listen, listen. I'm harmless. Before I do that, he's gonna slap me. I ain't trying to get now that would be funny. (laughs) (laughs) But listen, before we let you go, obviously we've been talking about a lot of fights, but I mean, is there anybody on your dream list? A dream matchup for you or multiple dream matchups of guys you haven't fought or that you would like to fight again? What are some of those names? I mean, in a perfect world for me right now, if we can't get Charlo right away, we go to a tune-up fight, let him get a tune-up fight since he's had a little break. Me and him fight next year, mm. beat him. And then after I whoop him, get a rematch with Canelo, become undisputed, and then run him back with David. Mm. Oh, that's that revenge tour. That's that revenge tour. Yo, See I, that? That's I, I the know, plan. I know we have to let you go. You, you've been more than gracious with your time, bro. But I have to ask really quick on two, two, two big uh, situations right now. You got Canelo Alvarez and Jamel Charlo fighting in Vegas. You just talked about that. That's when you're going to drop your next. Um, you'll have your next uh, drop for the revenge tour. Um, how do you see this going? Um, I mean, you know, Jamel. And just so I can clear the air, like, I don't have no issue with Jamel. Honestly, Jamel, he's always been super cool to me, super respectful. He always daps it up, tells me he loves what I've got going with, whether it's with my wife, my clothes, mm-hmm. my boxing. So it's like, I think Jamel's a cool dude. You know, he's never been no type of way towards me. But, you know, I think Jamel's a great fighter. I think he's a younger fighter. He could be the more lively fighter. And he's hungry. You know, he's got something to prove. Obviously, he's got a chip on his shoulder. Um, it's hard to bet against Canelo's experience and his size and his punching power. So, um, you know, I think both guys have some things going for him. And it's really just about who gets in there and is able to implement their game plan. You know, that's what it's about. It doesn't matter who is necessarily can edge out and be the better fighter. It's about who can go in there and implement their game plan over 12 mm-hmm. rounds. Mm-hmm. And um, we're going to find out on the I, 30th. So. I'm going to put 25K oh, on, uh, on Charlo. Seriously, like what bro said, like, and, and it's right. And that's not, that, some would say that's not a smart bet, right? But younger, more active, hungry, hungry. I like this. I like this. And the last one, we're going to let you go here after this. Bro, the beef between, will we ever see uh, Devin Haney and Shakur Stevenson get in the ring? Like, it's starting to get spicy. They're on Twitter this week or, or last week, and it's starting to get real personal. Uh, I mean, psh- 
that's a question for them. You know, I, we'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. I'm cool with Devin. I'm real cool with Shakur as well. Um, like, I, I'm not picking sides in that fight, you know, as far as like, but I think they're both great fighters. I think Shakur is a hell of a fighter. I think Devin's a hell of a fighter. So, you know, I'd love to see them, you know, two young guns get in there and duke Ooh. it out. Ooh. All right. That was dope. That was dope. Thank you so much, Caleb. Uh, tell Jordan we said hi, and we hope to see you soon, right? Yeah, we're going to go to we're going to go to dinner. Oh, right, to, my first dinner. fight. Exactly, yeah. September thirtieth. I'm we very gotta, excited. Yeah, we got to show Ashley a great time. Should Maybe I bring Steven a fur? Jackson. Do you guys do people wear furs to fights? In the winter time, yes, absolutely. Okay, but sure. Not September, September, no, not September. Oh. Vegas is it ain't that cold. Oh, okay, never yeah, mind. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I was trying to go all American gangster, uh, but I'll save that for another time. <laughs> bro, we right. appreciate you, right. man. We'll see you in Vegas, bro. All right, cool. Yeah, I'm going to see y'all then. Bye. All right. Peace. Peace. Man. You are, you are. I'm messy. You're messy. The M in Brandon Marshall <laughs> doesn't stand for Marshall. It stands for messy. Brandon, messy Marshall. The people, that's um, what the people want to know. The people want to know. I hit it. I hit it. We didn't have to keep circling back to it. I talked about it in depth. We Yo. we got it. Yo, he's a cool dude. Very I love cool. His demeanor. I love his tone. Um, it, it was a. It, it's not tough for me, um, but you know I am friendly and really close to the Charlo brothers. Um, but you know, right is right, wrong is wrong, and I haven't talked to Maul about this. You know, it's just like I, I, I Maul just didn't expect that. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? But you, it, which is off because if you touch another person, you got to expect anything, mm -hmm. you know? So um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens over the next couple of months. You know, I do believe, I, I think Maul uh, needs a tune-up fight. I don't think he just jumps into this one. Mm -hmm. You know, he's been inactive for almost two years. Mm -hmm. And so um, I would like to see a tune-up fight and I would like to see him fight next year. And, and I'm telling you, the culture is going to come out for that one. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Have you ever spotted McDonald's hot, crispy fries right as they're being scooped into the carton? And time just 
stands still. Well, listen, we're going to dive into some more football talk. But first and foremost, I want to shout out uh, the team for really helping prep those Caleb Plant questions. Um, And, you know, JP, you guys all did a great job with lining up those videos so that Caleb had something to reflect on. I know he really enjoyed rewatching that left hook over and over again. So thank you guys so much for that. The whole team here at Paper Route, BC, Andrew, Jazz, all you guys. Um, but we're going to dive into woo some... Woo-woo. I, I, well, I said Andrew. Oh, I don't know him about Andrew. Okay. Yo, I went a whole year working with Andrew, calling him woo-woo, hoo-hoo. Oh, my God. His name is who, <laughs> but I say woo. <laughs> That's my dog. Woo-hoo, Andrew. That's right. Listen. Fact checker. Fact checker. <laughs> we're going to go ahead and dive into some more football talk. Word on the tweets. And um, Von Miller, he will miss the first four games of the Bills season. Buffalo is leaving Von Miller on the PUP list, physically unable to perform past yesterday's 4 p.m. deadline, which means he is ineligible, much like Jonathan Taylor, to be active for the first four games of the season. Brandon, I mean, this is this is a big deal for Buffalo. It is a big deal for Buffalo not having Vaughn Miller for the first four weeks, but I like this move, and I think it's a smart move. The Buffalo Bills, when you look at it, right, uh, throw that back up there. So it's Houston. Um, who else is it? So it's uh, it's 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 Houston. What are the four teams, Ashley? I'm going to go ahead and pull that schedule up right now. Okay, so the it. first four teams, the reason why I like this is because Vaughn Miller – uh, is on the other side of his prime, but he's still super active and he's still going to dominate. He's going to give you 10, hell, maybe even 10 okay. to 15 sacks in, you know, in a year, but you don't want to rush him. You brought Vaughn Miller in mm-hmm. because you want to win a Super Bowl. So let this dude heal as, as much as he can before you throw him back out there in the fire and let him come do his thing when you truly need it. Now, the division is tough, Ashley, right? They got Aaron Rodgers in there right now. Well, speaking – Go ahead. No, speaking of Aaron Rodgers, listen, the first four games of the season, first game of the mm-hmm. season, Monday Night Football, is Bills at Jets, um, followed That's by tough. Bills at Commanders, yep. followed by Jaguars at Bills. Next is Raiders at Bills, and Von Miller, with all things aligned, should be back for Dolphins at Bills. So how do you see? Three the... and one. Okay. Three and one. They lose to the Jets, but they win. They beat everyone else. And that's why I'm saying that, because this team – they're not necess- They're not a defensive team, you know. Now Leslie pra- Frazier's departure is going to hurt hurt them. Uh, you know, Les- Leslie Frazier went out and got Vaughn because that was a a big gap for them where they weren't getting pressure on the quarterback. Mm-hmm. But you brought in Vaughn to go win the Super Bowl, and so yeah, they'll. You know, I'm I'm predicting that they drop that first one to the Jets, mm-hmm. but they see him again in Buffalo, and it's hard to beat. Uh, Buffalo in Buffalo. Even when Buffalo was trash, everybody had a tough time <laughs> well, going in Buffalo. It's very cold in a, in a, up there. November, December, January, going in Buffalo. As soon as you fly in there, ain't we? You, it's it's miserable. And what in the like, weather form listen, or in other fly reasons? In, you fly in to go play in Buffalo, so it's December. It's cold. They suck. You really don't want to be there. You're overlooking oh, wow. Buffalo. This is when they were trash. Okay. And then so you land there. It's like, what do we all do? Let's go get something to eat. Where do you go get eat? We're in Buffalo. Let's go get some Buffalo wings. No, they Buffalo don't even have Buffalo wings. They're not even, you can't even find Buffalo wings. Good Buffalo wings in Buffalo. I feel like they have nice restaurants in Buffalo. It's not like Poughkeepsie. Have you been here? here? No. Okay, no, there's no restaurants. I've never even been to New Jersey. So, um, (laughs) 
I've been no, Cat. I lie. I've been to New Jersey twice in my life. This is a true story, and, and oh, my mom, oh, if she's in the what? chat, can run this. I'll tell you this. This is a true story. I I am a true New York girl. I've never been to Connecticut. I have never been to New Jersey. Who I think the you? only time I've ever been to New Jersey was when I was a little girl. The company my dad worked for had a warehouse out there, and I took a, the drive with him to for him to visit the warehouse. I've never been to Hoboken. I've never been what? to East Rutherford. No, I have never. When I lived in New York, I never left the city Who or Long you? Island. Who are you? Never been to Albany. Weird. Never been to Buffalo. Oh, never. Yeah. So there's no nice restaurants in Buffalo. No. Oh. There's there's no nice restaurants That's crazy. In Buffalo. Buffalo's it's, a major city. You know what the Buffalo Bills players do for fun to entertain themselves if they're not um, importing? Um, you know what they're doing? They're going to Josh Allen's house. Oh, Why my laughing God. At they're going to Josh Allen's house, and they get together, and they hang out there, or maybe Diggs house. I don't know. Like, that's what they – Vaughn Miller. Vaughn Miller is known to have gatherings for the team. That's what they do. That's all you can do at Buffalo. So, so you're so, meaning to tell me there's no Buffalo Wild Wings in Buffalo? Can we Google? Uh, I do not believe that. Google, well, I, I don't know. They may have uh, that chain there. This was like 2015, 16, 17, even before. So maybe they got that because literally when you, if if we go to Tennessee, what, are we, what do you think we're going to try to get? We're trying to get some barbecue. Some barbecue, correct. Yeah. We go to Atlanta, maybe even when we went to Atlanta looking for some soul food, we're trying to get the taste of the city a little bit. You go to Buffalo, you think you're going to get buffalo wings. No buffalo wings. I don't believe that. I forgot this little restaurant. I don't believe they don't have buffalo wings in Buffalo. I don't believe you you for a second. I'm telling you, they're not good. They're not good. Not good and not having them are two totally different things, Brandon. I'm telling you, it's bad in Buffalo. But anyways, Vaughn Miller, Vaughn Miller not being there, um, it's not a big deal. I like this move. Okay. Well, listen, you know who um, doesn't like a move? Um, it's going to be the Peterson family because um, a move had to be made yesterday that's going to make Thanksgiving and the holidays a little bit awkward. Um, Doug Peterson <laughs> had to cut his son, tight end Josh Peterson, as part of the 53-man roster cuts yesterday. Now, if you guys remember, um, we, we dove into that conversation and the whole conversation of nepotism. Dwell, and Delve, delve, dwell. Go, sorry. Delve. Okay. Um, Into that whole conversation about nepotism and how he was given an opportunity to compete for a roster spot. And Brandon said on this very set that he would not cut his own son, especially if we're not talking about, you know, somebody who's going to start. We're not talking first string, second string, third string. I'm keeping you as a fourth string, fifth stringer if I can. But apparently Doug Peterson was unable to do that and had to have the black garbage bag conversation with his son. (laughs) So, um, Brandon, what do you what do you make of this? Is this going to be awkward? I would be pissed. I'm not going to lie. I'm petty like that. (laughs) Doug Peterson. First off, he didn't help his dad out. Right. Like I saw a video on Twitter yesterday where his dad put him in prime position. (laughs) The easiest position on the football field is the long snapper. The long snapper, you can be 50 years old still playing. Oh, my God. There's people that's 15, 16, 20 years still long snapping. All you got to do is take the ball and just snap it back to the punter, right? That's all you got to do. And he – it was the worst – one of the worst snaps I've ever seen. So, it's like, yo, I put you in position because I could have easily sold them on that. Like, your special teams, he's a long snapper. (laughs) 
You know, because it's kind of hard sometimes to find a long snapper. He didn't do his part, so his dad had to cut him, which I think was wrong. Look, I would have stood – I said this, like, right, it's, it is a sticky situation when you go out there and you keep somebody that's not good, especially if they're son. But I would have stood up in front of the team and have been like, look, I'm showing y'all what y'all supposed to do. So, yes, I know my son sucks. Yes, I know he snapped the ball over the punter's head and put us in a terrible position. I know that. But nepotism is something that everybody practices in America and in corporate world. And, hell, even in the NFL, Andy Reid's son coaches with him. Bill Belichick's son coaches with them. Steve, uh, 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 Jerry, Jerry uh, Jones' son uh, uh, works with him. He runs the team, right? The McCaskies got their granddaughters and grandbabies all throughout the building, and hell, even in the league office. So why, why, why would he do this to his son? It doesn't. It makes no sense to me. So you don't think it's problematic nope. of keeping somebody who. If you saw the video of him not being able to do the basics, you don't think that the rest of the team saw that? You don't think that, I don't know, maybe keeping your son after a crappy performance during training camp and in the offseason may or may not make you unfavorable in the locker room? You hear what I just said, though? Mm-hmm. I would have. You don't be listening to me. I do listen to you. I know ha- I be saying too no, no, much no. sometimes. I am listening to you. How do you think that you combat listen, that in the locker room? Those I'm guys walking, are going to be judging I'm, the hell I'm, out of you. I'm, I'm standing in front of the team. I'm in the team meeting, and I'm saying to them, guys, I am doing what everybody else does in the world, and no. I want you to do it too. When you get your when you get your opportunity to be a head coach or run the team or run a business, put your people in position, okay? Now, obviously... Brandon, you're speaking as a dad, but let's go back to before you had kids yep. and you're in the NFL, and you made the roster or whatever yeah. the case may be and you're like all right we're, we're gearing up for the season and you know for a fact that a guy in that locker room with the last name same as your head coach was just stinking up the joint you're sitting there you're 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 getting dressed whatever the case may be the coach walks in and he gives you that speech about nepotism and corporate america and everyone you're looking at him like i don't give a damn about corporate america no. he sucks why is they he gonna here respect me more they're gonna respect me more because i'm always gonna keep it real it's like this is how the world works as long as your coach keep it real with you. You know for a fact, Brandon, don't sit up here and lie. You'd be like, this man is bugging. I don't give a damn well, if he's your son. He sucks. What you got to make sure you do is, and this is why he made it so hard on his dad, you can't put him in position that hurts the team. And he put him at the easiest position. And so right now, Doug Peterson is probably slapping the shit out of his son right now, saying like, damn, I put you at long snapper, bro. Like, that's all you do. Actually, at practice, all they do is stand on the side and they just snap the ball. <laughs> Halfway through practice, they put on sneakers, they go inside, like they drinking coffee. Or like they live in a totally different world. <laughs> and so, you know, I, now I don't know what he does. Maybe it's just practice squad. But let's let's keep an eye on this, Ashley, because that could potentially happen. He didn't make the fifty three, but maybe Doug is saying because you blew it, <laughs> you blew it, son. <laughs> Now I'm going to put you on practice squad. So now you, you know, you're not going to be in position to hurt the team. Listen, I can get you in the door, but I can't go. You can, what is it? You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. You, you know, the nepotism is I, I led you to the opportunity. It's up to you to make the most out of it. And if you don't, sometimes you got to make the hard decisions. I'm, I'm, I'm a firm believer. You know what? Truthfully, Maybe it's because of the parents that I have. I've actually had this conversation with my parents once, like, but not obviously in a football mm-hmm. term, just like corporate America. And my dad, 
said to me that he would hire me. He would let me through the door and he would give me a job, you know, whatever the case may be. But if I didn't perform, he would have absolutely no problem firing me. Right. He would fire me and not even bat an eyelash. So maybe it's because I have the parents that I do who are like, yeah, if we were in a position to give you an opportunity at our company and, and whatever the case may be, but if you suck, you're getting fired just like anybody else. Maybe that's why I don't. He's borderline. It's not that he sucks. He just blew it. You said that he got the easiest job and he couldn't do it. I know he snapped the ball over his head. Well, listen, on the saying in the realm of uh, roster cuts, an unfortunate roster cut happened down here in the 305. Uh, Chosen Anderson has been released by the or was released by the Miami Dolphins yesterday. He signed to the Dolphins this past offseason. It was an exciting time because I do believe he's from here. Yeah. So um, it was a homecoming. You know, his family was excited. He was excited. Uh, this is unfortunate news, you know, Chosen. Yes. I've actually had a chance to interview him when I was at SI. Such a nice guy, so soft-spoken and just very chill. Brandon, I know you've met him mm -hmm. multiple times. I mean, what do you make of this roster cut? Met him, that's my baby. You know what I'm saying? Like, seriously, like, when, you know, you know, I've been doing this uh, athletic performance thing for a very long time. And so um, before we even got into this new uh, facility, in headquarters we were in a warehouse with no ac no bathrooms nothing and he was one of the guys so my year my first year uh for the jets you know we had another combine uh um another combine group in mm -hmm. and he was one of them mm -hmm. right so i was training getting ready to go play for the jets he was training getting ready for the draft mm -hmm. okay and uh you know he didn't get drafted but we picked him up the jets end up picking him up mm -hmm. Um, as a free agent. And as soon as he walked on the field, I was like, yo, that's our three. Because, like, what you say, that confidence, like you say he's quiet, he's so soft-spoken, mm -hmm. but he's a dog, mm -hmm. right? Like, he might be quiet, but he's a dog. Don't get it twisted. And he's 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 he's, he's slim in frame and tiny. For sure. Tall, taller than you would expect. But, like, he played, played so big, all right? right? And so, like, you know, it sucks because... This is a dude that I was excited to see paired with Waddle and Tyreek Hill. I don't know what went 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 wrong. I don't know how they went left. Um, but no, man, I I hate this. He trains here in the offseason sometimes. You know, he bounces around a little, but man, I I I don't I don't like this. He he was one of, he's one of those ones. Yeah. You know, like when you say, Okay, who am I pouring into? He's been one of those ones for, you know, almost 10, not 10 years, what, 2016, so whatever that is, he's been one of those guys that I pour into. You know, like, he'll send me film in a, in, 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 a, in a season. Big bro, what do you see here? You know, I'll check in on him when he's going through it. The Jets flying mm. up there, just sitting, having lunch with him. So I hate this for him because, you know, I know he wants it bad. Yeah, it's definitely unfortunate. Um, but I... You know, I, I definitely think that he'll he'll land on his feet. I think he's a talent. So I think that any... Um, I don't know, Ashley. Why do you say that? I mean, he will land on his feet, but like Jets, then Carolina, then Arizona, then Miami. Well, you have to also there. look at those situations. I mean, when he was with the Jets, that was during the Sam Darnold era. When I spoke to him, um, this was after Sam Darnold got uh, traded to Carolina, and he even said that he didn't think that Sam Darnold got a fair chance in the Jet at in New York with the mm -hmm. Jets, and that ultimately trickled down to the rest of the team, specifically the offense. Um, Carolina, 
I think that there Sam Darnold came back there. Sam Darnold came back. It wasn't quite what it was um, hoped to have been. It wasn't right. quite, you know, the ending or the tenure that I guess the Panthers and Sam Darnold thought again trickled down to the rest of the yep. offense. So um, it's unfortunate, but I don't know if I would put that on chosen. I mean, I think his talent is is. Yeah, yeah. That, listen, we, we we don't know the situation. You know, it's, it's sometimes it's talent, sometimes it's other things, right? Mm-hmm. I just want them to bounce back. You know, definitely. So we're gonna talk about the Giants out in New Jersey. What um, they named their captains for the 2023 season, and there are about 25 of them. Um, <laughs> there's Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Andrew Thomas, Darren Waller, Dexter Lawrence, Leonard yeah. Williams. Um, I don't want to mess his name up, Bobby. Or Recky, I think I'm saying that right. Uh, Adoree Jackson, Xavier McKinney, and Graham Gano. Um, 25? I, 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 I exaggerate. It's about 12. Uh-oh. <laughs> but even 12, most teams have three to four. My point exactly. Five. Why do you guys need so many captains? Let's dive into that. But That's I think wild. the most um, notable name on this infinity list of captains is Saquon Barkley. Ah. Uh. Um, Saquon Barkley, Saquon Barkley's named a captain after a very tumultuous off season with the New Jersey Giants. And it's interesting that they went ahead and named him a captain after that saga, um, came to an end. So what is your take on the Saquon Barkley situation and why do the Giants need so many team captains? Listen, um, what got Saquon Barkley in this position with the Giants around his deal and his future with the franchise um, is him being too nice. Okay. Right? And him, you know, trying to be the ultimate pro or what they deem as the ultimate pro. And Saquon Barkley is probably making the same mistake right now. Mm-hmm. He's come out and said, I, my, my, my vision hasn't changed. You know, I, I, I don't, I can't see myself in another uniform. I want to, I want to be a giant forever, you know, and I'm chopping up his statement, but it's something like that. Okay. And now this, even this, like, except I wouldn't even accept it, this, this patch. And this is the ultimate honor, you know, for your teammates to say, you know what? You are our captain. But, like, bro, we are going to be in the same position next year. Like, the negotiation for next year started as soon as you signed the paper to come back. And you got that deal done. And so, like, Saquon Bark, if I'm there, I got a chip on my shoulder. I'm making it un- I'm going to go out there and ball, but I'm making it uncomfortable for everybody. So now when it's time for us to talk about 2024 season, it's either y'all going to pay me what I deserve or y'all buy, buy, buy. No tag. You're not tagging me. None of that. And I think it starts with situations like this, Ashley. Hey, here, here, hey, Saquon. Yay. You're the captain. You know what I'm saying? We love you so much. We, we appreciate you so much that we want to give you this ultimate honor that a team can give you. Mm-hmm. The locker room can give you. We're not going to pay you, though. We still don't want to pay you, but we're going to mm. give you this. I would have stood up in that room and said, um, guys, I, I appreciate that. I love you guys, but I can't accept it. Well, that was my question to you was, would you have turned down one? Would you have turned down being a team captain? And not just from the standpoint of what transpired with him and the organization the past few months leading up to the season, 
But I mean, is it really special being named a team captain when there's 50 of them? <laughs> yeah, this is different. You know what I mean? This That's kind different. of like being one of the girls that a guy's dating. Is it really special <laughs> if he has a roster of 20 girls in rotation? Like, are you really bragging that you're one of 20? Like, I just feel like being a captain, okay, two team captains is cool. Three team captains is cool. They do that in baseball. Right, there's right, like right, three. Right. We're not... We're talking the double digits. This is insane. Why? Why do you need so many captains? I, I mean, this is this is interesting. Um, you know, I know Coach Dayball, and um, you know, I like Coach Dayball. He's my offensive coordinator when I played for the Miami Dolphins. Shit, I talked to him two days ago. Text him maybe yesterday, and, and I'll ask him. You know, uh, his thought process around this. But you know, this is a lot. But I do know, like, you, you know, you, you got the offensive guy, you got the defensive guy, you got the special teams guy. You might have two – maybe you have two offensive guys, two defensive guys, special teams. So, like, at the most you'll see is, like, Five? six to seven. No, oh. get, I, I've seen that before. That That is – this is a lot. But One, back two, to Saquon, three. it's like, you know, and your teammates vote vote for you here. And so, you no, know, some people might say, well, so why are you giving them back? It's because you've got to make a statement. And, and actually, anytime I get an opportunity to talk about the business around an athlete – I'm always going to lean in. Like, basically, what I'm trying to say every time we have the discussion is sometimes being an asshole with the owners that have all the leverage is what's needed when you are a commodity, right? Because when, when you're not Saquon Barkley anymore or Josh Jacobs or King Henry, guess what they're going to do? They're going to ask you to take a pay cut or they're probably going to cut you, right? So you got to get your money now. We just seen it with Jonathan Taylor. Hey, we're not going to pay you. This is what the market is. Take this tag. You now have all the risks, which in any business and sport, this is a bad deal. Mm. Should be both sides have risk. Jonathan Taylor doesn't sign his deal. Now Jonathan Taylor stands up, say, I'm not coming. They say, we're not trading you. Then they say, okay, we are going to trade you. And then they put a deadline on it. Where's the deadline? You got till October to trade them. Come yeah. on. Come on. It's it's definitely um, something that we're going to keep our eyes on for sure. Um, and all eyes continue to be on my Dallas Cowboys. It's What's about that time now? of year. Cowboys for clicks because the Cowboys, Cowboys for a team that people that? Can, it means that if you talk about the Cowboys, you are certain to get engagement because you're not like that. Uh, we are America's team, baby. But anyway. <laughs> Trey Lance spoke for the first time since the Dallas trade, and he had a few uh, sound bites that kind of went viral. On joining the Dallas Cowboys, he said that he was, quote, all smiles. It has been um, reported that he's going to wear number 15. Uh -oh. um, now, he did also say in that same uh, press conference, if you will, on the opportunity from lear on learning from both Dak Prescott and coach Mike McCarthy, he said it's, quote, a breath of fresh air and did say that QB1 Dak Prescott gave him a very warm welcome and he is excited to learn everything he can possibly learn from him and said his eyes lit up when he found out he was being traded to the Dallas Cowboys. So Trey Lance is extremely happy to be in Jerry's world. And yep. I think that, you know, most players, um, except for Brandon Marshall, who said he would never play for the Cowboys, I think that most players um, would love the opportunity to play for a major franchise, one yep. of the most profitable, well, actually the most profitable franchise in the NFL. If you can't get the top, at yeah, least the top five, it just gives you a different level of exposure. Yep. 
um, different resources. The facilities are better. The accommodations are better. Everything is a top tier, just organization, um, top of the line. And I mean, he's going into a situation where I think he feels optimistic about his future, wherever that may be, wherever Mm -hmm. it may take him. But I mean, what did you make on some of these sound bites from Trey Lance? You believe them or you're buying them? Yeah, I, I do. I think Trey's probably looked himself in the mirror and 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 probably agree agreed with himself that you know I'm not there yet. I need to continue to develop. You know, and this has been reported and uh, talked about, I should say. You know, uh, for the last few years, his experience at the college level and at the level that he was when he was in college. It, it wasn't the best. And then the same in the NFL. They they move up in the draft. They give the Miami Dolphins three ones and maybe a, a, a bag full of uh, some players. And they go up there to the three spot and they take them. A lot of pressure on the organization, a lot of pressure on Trey. Mm-hmm. And they weren't able to get it done for so many reasons. You know, Jimmy G continued to win when he was in there. Uh, when he was given the ball, Trey Lance. Um you know, he played okay. I think they played in 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 Chicago in the tsunami, it felt like. So he really couldn't see much. And then the second game, he snapped his ankle. Mm-hmm. And that was it. And Brock Purdy came in, and Brock Purdy did what Brock Purdy did. Mm-hmm. And so now he's in a situation where uh, it's almost like but a, a different tone, different feeling, almost like uh, Zach Wilson, right? Mm-hmm. Like Zach Wilson goes to the Big Apple, Yes, Ashley, I'm saying it the big, it's big apple. Stop. Okay, <laughs> we can agree to, to disagree with that. He That's goes fine. to the big apple, and it just doesn't happen. A lot of pressure, and now they got Aaron Rodgers. And look at how he's developed and grown since Aaron Rodgers been in town. And so Dak, I know Dak has his own situation and, uh, with the Cowboys and negotiations and feeling some type of way, probably because they didn't consult with him. They didn't tell him they were doing this. Mm-hmm. So there's probably a lot on his mind. But Dak is a stand-up guy. Dak Prescott is a guy that you can come that will you know you can just sit back and just take notes on. How does he do what he do? Like why does he answer questions the way he answers questions? Do I think Dak can open up more? Absolutely. Do I should he open up more? Yes. But when you talk about ultimate pro, uh, Dak is definitely that. And so this would be a great example for Trey Lance. But you know I don't know how long it's going to last, Ashley, because next year, you know I I, I believe. I believe it's next year. You know, they got they have to figure out if they're going to pick up his fifth-year option. Maybe they have two years with him. But that's five, six million dollars they have to pay him. Yeah. You know, so – and then, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens here. Well, listen, um, before we get into our final topic of the day, we have to circle back because um, I guess – Head coach uh, Doug Peterson heard your advice because the breaking news is the Jaguars are re-signing tight end (laughs) Josh Peterson, the head coach of Doug Peterson to what? The practice squad, everybody. So Doug. Nepotism. Yes. So Thanksgiving, the holidays, the new year (laughs) is saved. There won't be any awkwardness transpiring at the Peterson family dinner table. Um, Doug Peterson came and saved the day for his son, Josh, who is officially a practice squad member. So, Brandon, I mean. Yes. Do you want to? He did the right thing. (laughs) 
<laughs> Come on, Ashley did the right thing. Now, what, what position is he going to play? Don't put his ass back out there at long sniper because <laughs> that's when there's going to be problems. And here's the other thing, Ashley, because we got into this conversations back and forth, and you're like, how could you do this? Would you lose the locker room? <laughs> well, if the team is winning, everything's good. What happens when you start getting the bickering and you start getting the toxicity is when you're losing. And I said this yesterday on the show, it's one of the most toxic environments you can be in. Uh, is, is being a pro athlete in that locker room because it's every single day is pressure. Everybody's trying to take, there's people trying to take your spot. There's coaches putting themselves in positions to become uh, coordinators or, or head coaches. So who's really there to really win, right? It's a tough, tough environment. So <laughs> when you look at the Jacksonville Jaguars, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are built to win. I like what they have. If they're winning, nobody's going to care about Josh Peterson being on the roster. Nobody. I love this move. I love it. My um, my dad's in the chat, and he said that he would hire me back if I sucked, that I could See? work in the mailroom. <laughs> there you go. That's And that's what I said, right? Boom. We put you at tight end. <laughs> so you're not going to make it at tight end. I so don't want to work in the mailroom. But the, the <laughs> mailroom is just like being up. So, well, no. So, no. So what happened is you, you came in and, and, and uh, let's say For what, like what a, position? Like a corporate position, like a okay, corporate CEO. Position. No, like vice president of or Matt, whatever. Like a, Jeff, Jeff Moss ain't putting you at vice president. No, like a major position in the company. Let's just leave it like that. Okay, boom. Yeah. So then now what he says is, all right, uh, he's probably going to call you Ashley. Yeah. He's not going to say daughter. Uh-huh. Right? Because you got to be professional. You say, all right, Ashley, we tried this and it's not working. <laughs> right? So I'm going to go ahead and put you on this smaller team. You're going to oversee the, the operations, room? but the operations really is overseeing like the mail room <laughs> and the office space, right? So and I'm an office manager. I go. order supplies. Boom. So that's like what Doug Peterson did. Doug Peterson said, hey, son, you can be the tight end. But then he couldn't do that. So his way of putting him as the office manager was saying, now you're going to be the long snapper. All right. He goes out there, snap the ball over the guy, the punter's head. Now everybody's pissed <laughs> off. And now he says, I got to cut you and I'll bring you back at practice squad which your dad said mr jeff who's in the chat he said i'll hire you as someone that worked the i mail don't want to be in the mail room i want to be in the the meetings the corner office with the glass doors and all that i don't want to be in the mail room <sighs> ashley you're right where you need to be <laughs> you're right where you need to be on tv your ass in corporate america <laughs> i would I be great in corporate america hell no what Ask mr jeff mr jeff I would is be she is she right where she needs to be keep it I 100 am now smart I'm savage. Mr. Jeff. I'm witty. I'm a hard worker. I would. Watch I'd Mr. be an assassin in corporate one. America. He's a real one now. I'm waiting for the chat, Mr. Jeff. I would Can be she... an assassin. Well, I'm not saying you wouldn't be okay or good. What I'm saying to you is that, you know, what I'm saying like you right where you need to be. Perfect <laughs> okay. space. I'll take that. I'll per take that. Where's your dad? We'll at? see. Is we'll he see. Here? He's a, he's here. We'll just see what his answer is. Maybe he's Why he's just typing so slow. I don't like, know. Mr. Jeff supposed to be an IT guy and he can't type. We'll we'll see if it comes in. While we wait on that answer, let me tee up this this final story. I think you're gonna um you're gonna have some fun with this one. Okay. Because Richard okay. Sherman, who oh. is a new member of Undisputed, um, went on the show in a room of wide receivers um, and said that the corner position is harder than wide receiver. We actually have this video so we can hear exactly what he said. And Brandon, I can't wait to hear you react to this one. Let's go ahead and play it. Mm. Richard Sherman. Yeah, Richard, Richard Sherman. Do we have this video? We should. No? Yes? Maybe? Oh, we have it? Okay. 
Oh. Oh, Jeff Moss. My daughter can do anything. Does not yes. matter where she works. Talk, talk uh, to me nice. He Mr. knows. He capping. <laughs> Mr. Jeff, you capping for the Brandon, people. if you don't talk about your daughter like that, you ain't doing it right. I, I keep it. Listen, I know what he's doing, though. You know. I'm built said, to excel. You see she that? Is built to excel. Okay. There's the answer that you are. Don't ever play yourself. Speaking of, we had that video uh, of Richard Sherman. Go ahead and run yeah. this. <laughs> I'll say something to piss you off right now. What's that? What you got? Corner is a harder mm -hmm. position. See, now I got to go, Mike. I got to get Okay, so. <laughs> well, first, Ashley, there's just way too much energy. Four dudes. Keyshawn Johnson, throw me the damn ball. Michael Irvin, the playmaker, Richard Sher Sherman, one of the, he 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 was Jalen Ramsey before Jalen Ramsey, mm -hmm. and then Skip. How the hell? That's too much energy. Too much sauce. Listen, Darius Slay um, actually responded to Richard Sherman's statement, and he had this to say. Let's go ahead and throw that tweet up there. Corner is way harder than wide receiver. Mm -hmm. So Brandon, as a wide receiver, yeah. do you agree? Or disagree with Richard Sherman's sentiments. I appreciate this. Let me jump into this. Let's debate get spicy. This Let me get my drink ready because I know it's gonna get good. I'll be quick here. You don't have to. We have five minutes. It's very. This is simple. Mm -hmm. Um. A cornerback is someone who failed at wide receiver. That's what a cornerback is. However, the receiver is the better athlete. The receiver is fast, is shifty, could be big, got hand, do all the stuff. The coaches can put you in different positions. So now the cornerback, who is probably not the ah, probably not better, probably not a better athlete than a wide receiver, but they got to be reactive, which means the cornerback position is harder. I know where I'm going. My coaches put me in position. So it's 100% harder. Like, I, I'm running 15 yards, 15 yards, 15 yards. They got to stop on that. Boom. They got to react on that. So if you're a wide receiver and you're fast and you're shifting, you can get in out of your breaks, and you know what I'm saying? Like, you should always win. So I agree with Richard Sherman. Now there's different parts of this conversation because Richard start getting into, you know, like, well, you know, you guys, if it's a 60-play game, you know, I'm on the field for 60 plays and wide receivers, y'all might take a break, and that's true. You know, you'll see a wide receiver run two go routes in a row, and then you'll see him walk off the side and walk back. And what happens to Richard Sherman and the Darrell Rivas of the world? Their asses stay out there. They stay out there. So I agree with Richard Sherman, but there are other parts to this conversation that we can dive into, but it'll probably take us down a rabbit hole. But always remember, folks, that a cornerback is a failed wide receiver. Now, what was interesting when you when you when you heard this, because they, you know, I think Keyshawn brought this up. And he's like, No, I chose to go to corner. That's what Richard said. Cause he went to Stanford as a wide receiver, then switched to cornerback. Mm -hmm. He said, I chose to go to cornerback because I wanted to have my destiny, my life, my livelihood in my hands. I ain't want to wait on the quarterback. I ain't want to wait on the offensive lineman. I ain't want to wait on the offensive coordinator. That's what he said, right? 
And he might be right because he, you know, his generation, he had the most picks. Because most wide receiver, most uh, uh, corners who, who failed at wide receiver, they just can't catch. Richard Sherman can catch, right? But the other ones, they have no, no argument. So interesting debate. I just want to go ahead and say that we are going to quote card the hell out of that, that a cornerback is a failed wide receiver. And <laughs> I hope you don't duck any smoke on Twitter from your fellow <laughs> peers. Messy. You talking about because I'm not you, you hey, you said it. And when I say something on this show, for better, for worse, indifferent, I got attacked for my LeBron take about him not being a top five uh pure scorer. Just for three weeks crazy. later, Carmelo Anthony needs to say the same thing that I said. He and said that? he gave his top list of top pure well, pure scorer ballers, the same thing. And LeBron was nowhere on the list. No, but that's that's different. That's what we were talking about. Pure, we were talking about pure score. Scores ball. and ballers. Is a two pure score is a baller. It means uh, that you can get you can get a bucket from anywhere on the court. No, whatever. All I'm saying is, is when I make a statement, I stand ten toes down, regardless of whether it's right, wrong, and different. Today, it's Brandon Marshall's turn. <laughs> so a cornerback is a failed wide receiver. Clip it, quote card it. It is going out today. <laughs> Um, <laughs> just listen. For real, it is. It's though. going out today. You know what? I, let me. I will say this, and I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to retract. I don't do that. Uh huh. I hate when people be tweeting, mm -hmm. and then they people, uh, you know, start responding and jumping down there, you know, jumping on them, and then they say, "Oh, I got." They they take the tweet down. You already said it. Um. Nowadays, there are kids growing up to say, "I want to play." cornerback like mm -hmm. you have six-year-old seven-year-olds eight-year-olds you know trying to mimic you know the Jalen Ramsey's of the world etc cetera, etc cetera. but you know in, in, in Little League what do you want you gotta think about this everybody want to play offense everybody want to be the quarterback everybody want to be the running back they well used to be back in the day in my era the running back now everybody want to be what Justin Jefferson Stephon Diggs all mm -hmm. those guys they want to be receiver nobody grow up saying I want to go over there and just hit you like <laughs> unless your your body type is like that and you have to have that type of mindset so things are shifting now um but it, it's true it's like we tried you over here at running back that's mm -hmm. how you that's how you won games back then and you still win games the the NFL is what? It's what? A passing league. It's mm -hmm. an offensive league. Mm -hmm. Pass first league. So we're going to try you over here. We need our best athletes on the offensive side, Keon. That's what we need. If you don't pan out, if you can't cut it, now we find a spot for you on defense. That's what happens. Well, listen, y'all. We're going to end things on from an audio. Trayvon Diggs. <laughs> our guy. Trayvon Diggs. He went to Alabama as a wide receiver. And his ass, I got to stop. We're not going to come for Trayvon, not on this <laughs> show. Talk, but it's crazy because, like, I, it's hard for me to say this about Trayvon because his ball skills are crazy. Like, he has the best ball skills in the NFL when it comes to the defensive side. Let's debate it. Who's better? Right? So, it is tough. Um it's a, it's a tough one, but maybe Trayvon wasn't shifty enough. He was too stiff or so. He couldn't, he couldn't you know what I'm saying, wiggle. He had no wiggle. You got to have that uh-uh. Yeah, mm, bang, bang. You got to. <laughs> I can't. I'm not, I'm not going to let you have that. I'm not going to let you. Not, not to my dog. Not to my squad. Listen, you guys have been listening to Paper Route on Sirius XM Faction Talk 103. 
And um, it's been a great show, a great hump day. We'll be back, of course, tomorrow with more topics. We have some breaking news that did just come in. We just don't have time to hit it. Some NBA stuff that's going to be fun. Um, But that is going to go ahead and conclude the audio portion of the show, though. But we do have one more segment we're going to hit from a video standpoint. So we're going to continue on the live stream um, and talk some cut day NFL PA and um, the trust that we have going on here which is something really really important really really cool and we want to share that with all of you um so again thank you guys so much for listening to paper out on sirius xm faction talk 103 i'm ashley nicole moss that's brandon marshall we got the whole crew the paper route paper chasers i don't know we're still trying to figure out the name we will see you or you'll hear us tomorrow there you go you're such a pro thanks i did see what ashley had to do she had to cut the audio because y'all can listen to us on SiriusXM, but keep the right. video going. That was really good. Thanks. You're such a pro. But we're going to say here in the visual world, um, Brandon, let's let's talk some cut day. It, yeah. it was a, I think that, you know, we focus so much on the names That's right. um, and, and the storylines, but I don't think that we really dive into the emotional toll that this takes on a lot of these athletes, you know, these guys have families that's right their families are now you know uprooted from cities that they once um you know were planning on calling home for an extended period of time now they have to figure out plan b some of these guys have pregnant wives girlfriends some of these guys don't have a plan b um some of these guys are waiting and hoping that they get another opportunity to make their dreams come true to change their situation some of these guys are going to have to get real jobs when i say real jobs not saying athletes not a real job but work in the nine to five world so I think that we forget about those guys when focusing on the 53-man roster. We have a really a great tweet here from Jeremy Reeves, and it says, quote, I remember how these next couple of days feel, waiting, afraid of getting a, a call. My best advice, you may get it once, you may get it five years straight like I did, or you may never get it. End of the day, no matter how much you're told no, nobody can stop what God has for you. That's right. Um, Brandon, from an athlete standpoint, I just want you to kind of, you know, we spoke about this yesterday. We were laughing about the yep. black garbage bag, but obviously there's a lot of emotion behind that. It may be, you know, something that you can joke about down the road, but in the moment, it's extremely just disheartening and mm-hmm. unfortunate. It's for some guys, traumatic. It sends them down a spiral, right. whether depression, anxiety, just not knowing That's what right. their next move is. So just kind of walk us through that and, and how to combat that and that and, and listen that's exactly why we're having this conversation um like you saw this last tweet by from jeremy mm-hmm. and there's so many other you know active athletes or active ballers or retired guys that's jumping out there and tweeting why because they've been through it they understand it in the off season you have 90 guys that you're doing life with you're spending more time you know uh in season in off season with your teammates than you are with your family and so it's hard to see people leave, right? Raheem Moster, mentally today is a tough day for a lot of players. I pray and hope everyone finds a new opportunity if the old ones close their doors. All you need is one person to believe. Mm. Can we go back to the last one too? Lane is a he's a he's he's a he's a dog. Like he gets it, right? Young athlete. Sometimes it takes a long time to be noticed, but all of the hard work that is done in silence and away is always revealed in the light. Keep pushing. And I think there may be one more or two more, but you got DK Metcalf. 
No, no, no. This is uh, Devin Kennard. Oh, this he Devin says Kennard. most I NFL fans. Yeah, most NFL fans are excited today because preseason is done and next week is the real deal. As a player, there's a dark cloud over the NFL today. Many guys will get cut and never touch the field again. Many others will switch teams and be given just hours to pack their things, say goodbye, and start a new journey in a foreign city. Congratulations to every man who makes the 53 and prayers out to all that that don't. Yeah. I think before you dive into it, I think something that sticks out to me in, in this is, um, if we can go back to DK's tweet for a second, I think that we always try to focus on the positive, mm -hmm. right? You know, the hard work will reward itself. You know, that's something that... Uh, Deion Sanders notoriously preaches to his guys and in his speakings when he does, you know, public speaking events is that, you know, keep working, keep going, keep chipping out, keep chipping away. Eventually it, it will reward itself. That's right. But the reality of the situation is, is that that's not always the case. That's right. Some guys at this past training camp, this past experience was the only time they'll ever be in an NFL facility and it will just become eventually a story that they tell their kids one day, one day that, you know, I was, you know, at training camp with the New Orleans Saints. And that we we fail, we try to speak in terms of optimism, which is great. But on the other side of that is the very real reality that this is it, the end right. of the line right. for so right. many guys. Right. And that's a very hard reality to come to when you've spent your entire life mm -hmm. working for something and it may or may not come back to you. And, and, and Ashley, the tough spot is not knowing. Some of mm. them don't know. So being in that gray, do you understand the anxiety of sitting there every single day, all day waiting for your phone to ring? Mm. Oh, and what's that? That's a that's 310? That's the LA? Is that the Rams? Could that be the Chargers? Right? 718? Oh, is that, is, that, is, is, that, is, that, is that the Giants? Is that the Jets? So like living in that space is where a lot of guys struggle. And that's why you see, you know, so many of our guys stand up and tweet this out, right? Because, like they said, like, everybody celebrating. I'm celebrating. I don't give a damn about preseason. I don't want to talk about preseason. We're here now. But, like, Pew said, another one of my ex-teammates, 1,500 men, you know, cut, right? And now what do they do? What, what do you do? And so... <clears throat> You know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, I think about my experience. Played 13 years. For 11 and a half years, never thought about this. I came in a facility every single day, head up high, knowing that I'm paid. Hell, they might be, we might be talking about getting more money. The Grim Reaper is the person who comes from the second level and may come down and say, hey, you need to bring your playbook, meet coach because you're about to be cut. And then now you come back downstairs, you got the black trash bag waiting for you to, to, to clean out your locker. And once you do that, 20 minutes later, there's going to be more stuff in there with a new name on, on that nameplate. Literally that fast. Mm. Like, literally that fast. We They cut me today. They cut me right now. All right? I walk out the door with my black garbage bag. In 30 minutes, someone else is sitting there with my name, with their name on my on, on that locker. It might have the same jersey. So if it's a receiver to get cut and they bring another receiver, they might take 15 and now it's a, you see Ouch. how fast this work? It's traumatizing. But but think about this. What about the guys that made it? Okay? And they are witnessing this. Mm. Now what are they thinking about? They're living, I, I don't want that experience. I don't want that experience. Mm -hmm. And so for 10 to 11 and a half years, never experienced that. And then the, the you know, last 
my last cup of teas with the Giants, with the Seattle Seahawks, uh, with the Saints. Mm-hmm. Cut, cut, cut. Like, damn, this is how it feels. So I was on both ends of the spectrum. One of the top dogs in the league and on my team and at the bottom of the barrel. And so one of the things that stood out to me and one of the things I realized was in that moment is when you really needed to be strong and you got to figure out, you know, how to pick yourself up and keep going, whether it's going to the next thing or you got to keep training, right? But you can't sit there and just not work out, not train, not eat the right things. And so that's why this is important. This is a tough time for, 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 for everyone that was cut, but you got to keep working. Um, we brought up the NFL well, trust. Well, before you dive the, into that, Brandon, I want to read something that uh, JP uh, Justin Pugh put out on his tweet because this aligns directly with the message of the trust, HOA, yep. and what's going on here. So can we put that tweet back up? He basically said that of the men who did not make a roster, you have two options. You can have a pity party and tell everybody how you got screwed by the NFL and the NFL sucks. But it's the second, tw- it's the second part of this tweet that I think speaks directly yep. to what – HOA is doing to combat that. And it says the second option is this, pick yourself up and get to work. You can still train in case you get a call, but odds are it isn't coming. This is your wake up call. You have quote NFL player appeal for the next few months, leverage it, start cold emailing friends, family, teammates, CEOs, alumni, and ask to come in and shadow them. Start learning what career could be next. This will be your purpose on top of training. Let's work physically and mentally. Reach out if you're stuck and don't know where to start. And I think that's a great segue into what yeah. the the trust NFLPA with HOA is is doing and, yep. and helping with that. Yep, one hundred percent. I I appreciate that. The first thing that I would say is sign up um, and make sure you're registered as a member of the NFL Trust. There's so many benefits there. Um, you know. One of the things that they do that's really cool is those 1,500 men, mm-hmm. they can now go to, you know, there's only a, a few partners there, but you have like Exos in LA, um, and then you have us in Tampa, you have us here in South Florida, where they can come and train for free. Think about it. Some of these dudes, that they were just in college, and they, they, let's not say like they got a, all this nil money, right? Mm-hmm. Like, most of these dudes are broke. They don't have no money. So how do you then go out there and pay $1,500 a week for training or a place to stay and eat? They have nothing. They just left a four-year program in college. Now they got cut, and now they got to find a way to continue to train at an elite level. That is expensive. We charge anywhere from $500 to $2,500 a week here when some of these athletes come. That's what it is. And I would say that's probably a discount. It's probably cheap. So the NFLPA, uh, the NFL Trust, excuse me, you know, that's part of your benefit. So check in with them and come train. I would love to have y'all down here. Come down to Tampa. We got one here in South Florida. Whatever you want, it's going to be on us. Can so we, I love that. Can we throw that graphic up there again without the lower third? Because I think it cuts off the, the number and, and the information on the bottom. So if we can throw that graphic up there one more time just without the lower third. There you go. So that's all the information. Um, that is the website to get more information or the phone number below if you prefer to speak to somebody directly. Um, and I mean, Brandon, before we close it out, why, what was the importance for you or why was it so important for you rather to get involved with, um, you know, a program like this? Yeah. Because well, I- people will say, listen, you, all of your career, the majority of it, outside of the last few cups of teas, as you like to refer to them as, 
all you've known is being a starter. All yeah. you've known is being, you know, a big name and getting the big check. So what could you possibly know, you know, about somebody who doesn't have that same experience? Yeah. Well, I would say um, I didn't even know this was this was a, a real opportunity for us at House of Athlete, but it fit when uh, they Kelly, who runs the trust, and my ex teammate Lou. Uh, Lusaka reached out and said, look, like you got an amazing facility and here's some of the programs that we run and our guys paid for this. We paid for this. This is a part of our benefits, mm. right? But guys don't even know it exists. We don't use it. We got retire, retirement programs where guys can come get medical and train and do all those things. Um, so it fits for me because like essentially everything I'm doing in the athlete space is trying to create a safe place for athletes because people take advantage of athletes. That's why I go so hard at the owner's you know, and some people might look at me like, damn, this nigga sounds like 50 cent, he's crazy. But it's because, like, man, they don't care. Think about that. I saw somebody in the chat say, damn, they make all this money off of y'all, and then when they cut y'all, they give you a, a, a black trash bag. So, like, that's what with Saquon and Jonathan Taylor and all those guys and Lamar Jackson need to be thinking about when they sit at the table, not giving them a team-friendly discount, mm. not, uh, 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 you know, saying, oh, you know, I, I, I want to be loyal and I don't want to uh, piss off the fans. No, you need to be thinking about your mama. You need to be thinking about your, your kids or your future kids. Or if you ain't even got a wife, you got to be thinking about your future wife. Because when it's all said and done, they're not going to be there. So, Ashley, you know, hopefully our guys tap into their benefits. We're here. Um, and, and they won't be here for long, right? So hopefully they come in and they get the call in a week or two and they're back on the field doing what they do. Absolutely, sending positivity and, and just well wishes to everybody kind of going through the motions from cut day and, um, you know, the information will be all over our social media and, and anywhere we can go ahead and post that, um, you know, screenshot this. If you guys are watching on, you know, your mobile device, send this to some athletes you may know. Or if you yourself are just interested, go ahead and, and keep it for yourself. Post it on your social, things like that. Before we close out the show, Brandon, uh, a fan in the chat wants to know if you are going to be in the Mile High City, a place you called home for so many years when the Broncos and the Jets faced off in week five. Yep. <laughs> yep. Who are you rooting for? You know who I'm rooting for. I don't know. It's Aaron Rodgers, you know who, who is like for. your man crush because you're a Jets guy. Or is it your BFF, Russell Wilson? Who do you go for? So I'm rooting for Russell on a personal level, but I'm rooting for the Jets. And it's crazy because okay. the Denver Broncos drafted me. I know. How does but this I, work? I, I'm, I, retire, I'm re, I retire. Or I wouldn't even say I retire. I got cut a Jet in my mind. Okay. That's my, that's my love. That's okay. My passion. So we're rooting for the Jets to win, but you're rooting for Russell Wilson to have a good game? Great game. Does the game matter game. if he loses? He's going to be the only quarterback that throws for 300 yards on our defense. Okay. Well, Three listen, touchdowns. the Jets-Broncos game is going to be the equivalent of, like, when you're in a love triangle and then those guys <laughs> or, or girls both come face-to-face, -face and now you're like, oh, this is awkward. I'm going to so be sitting in Russell Wilson's I, box, though, with Sierra, I am though. very excited <laughs> to see how this plays out. This is like being on, this is like being on a date with, like, girl number two. And then girl number one walks in and she's like, this is weird. Like, I didn't. Oh, okay. So this is going to be fun. Imagine, can you imagine, though, um, me flying out to Denver, sitting in his suite uh -huh. with his family. Sierra's there. Baby, baby. You know, she's going to be bouncing around. She always dancing. Okay. Right? And, but every time uh, the Jets make a play, I stand up. I'm the only one. Yeah, you can't, yeah, you, can't, you can't do that in you the box. You think she's going to kick me out? Yeah, I would. You would? I would so kick you out. I'd be like, if you in this box, you were for the orange. Right. Um, so I, I would keep your excitement internally. 
you All know. Right. Otherwise, I'm you're going to find yourself in the out. in the stands with the rest of the fans. But uh, that has done it for this Wednesday edition of Paper Out. We will be back tomorrow, same time. You never know who's going to go. Cornerbacks are failed wide receivers. Oh, clip it. <laughs> clip it. Quote card it. We need it. Um, we will be back tomorrow. You never know who's going to pop up, and you never know what Brandon's going to say, so you don't want to miss the show. And I hope that we have some um, pushback to to Brandon's quarterback's fail wide receivers comment because that would be fun to dive into on the show. Until then, guys, we are out. We will see you tomorrow. Bye. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA.